What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Game List episode three, four, three. Well, something like that. Technically four, but three. Yes, I'm Jake. He's Colin. Oh, he's this way. I'm Colin. And down here for the first time, we have a guest, Freight Train. Welcome. Hey, thanks, guys. Happy nice, to be here. Nice to have you. It's awesome. We're gonna get yeah. another voice, and we uh we called on Freight Train. He's a Twitch streamer as well. We roll in the same circles, if you will, uh, because let me tell you, the guy is gaming, and he's been playing a lot of the stuff that we're gonna be talking about today, and. Your boy over here has been slacking a little bit. The Final Fantasy fan himself has not played Final Fantasy, so we're we're calling in mm. the big shots to uh to speak to what has to be done. And go figure, Colin has and I haven't. I don't know. Yeah, that's that's insane, right? Yeah, it is. It's a it's a big mess, but nonetheless, we've got so much to go over. It was a very nice month of gaming, and we always started mm. off the same way. However, I typically ditch it over to Colin right off the bat. What you been playing, dude? Today, I ask myself, what you been playing, Jake? And I am happy to report that I have been playing what may end up being my game of the year? Kirby no. in the Forgotten Land? Really? It's a front runner right now. Yes. Yes. It is so, so good. It's so charming. It is such a breath of fresh air. We will, obviously, I think we'll talk and we'll recap some Elden Ring stuff at some point during this episode, because obviously the, the first half of March certainly consisted of playing a lot of that as well. But, ooh, ooh. Freight, you interested in uh, 3D platformers at all? I am. Um, I haven't had a chance to actually spend a whole lot of time playing Kirby. I played as the player two to my wife for a little bit. You've played um, it? Oh, I, I played it a little bit. Yeah. It was like two levels. Um, yep. it, it is gorgeous for yeah. for what it is. It is absolutely a gorgeous game. Um, yeah. Game of the year, though? Not uh, sure. We'll see. We'll <laughs> I haven't see. seen enough of it myself. This is why we separate so, our lists, so I don't have to. I don't have to bend to Colin's will. I haven't played any of his top five games of last year. He was ragging on me about it. Yeah, for real. And I even played Kingdom Hearts for you, and you can't. Oh, even we'll, play we'll get there. Games. No spoilers. Um, so Freight, you actually mentioned that you played as player two. I hear that player two in this game kind of just like is along for the ride. You don't really do much. Yeah. Um, it, it does fall a little flat. Um, yeah. cause whenever I was, you know, stepping into that player two slot, I expected to be, you know, like a, a blue Kirby or a yellow yeah. Kirby, yeah. something, something where I could, you know, enjoy that feel of playing a Kirby game, but you play as the, uh, the Waddle D. Yeah. And you get a little spear that you throw, and that's really it. I mean, yeah. you're you're really this there to keep Kirby alive. That's your yeah, job. You lose all of those transformation powers. You lose. I mean, honestly, yeah. a lot of the charm. It definitely feels like a a tacked on addition. It's one of those things where it's like, I knock it for existing, but I'm happy it does exist too yeah. because the alternative is just no player too. So it's nice that it's an option, but. In reality, as far as like a single player platformer go, I mean, I think the the co-op in Kirby is still more ample than the co-op in Mario Sunshine, uh, Mario Sunshine, Mario Odyssey, I would say. But truthfully, oh. I haven't played either. So I mean, wasn't it the same problem with Mario Galaxy though too? Because you just played yeah. as the little star, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, uh, Luma maybe. But the thing, yeah, pretty much just shot and uh, you moved the waggle controller. That's that's my type of thing because that's my least favorite part of Galaxy. 
But mm-hmm. as far as my single player experience with Kirby goes, I- I'm not putting it at number one on my list. I'll, I'm going to put it on my list this time. I think I enjoy it more than Pokemon. And truly, there's only three games oh. that are even in the running for my game of the year right now, and that's Legends Arceus, Kirby, and Elden Ring. Uh, everything else I've played is, you know, good, not great. Um, but what so different far, games, man? I know. Elden Ring and Kirby for game of the year. I know. Well, that's like. Um, part of why i think kirby is just hitting so right for me right now and i mean at this point uh, listen it's it's so strange that it goes so hand in hand with elden ring but i think forever in my life because of the time frame in which it was released like Mm -hmm. things wrapped up with elden ring and then about a week later i was kind of staring down the barrel of kirby in the forgotten land and one of the things that we talked about since the last time was like i mean i was putting an eight hour days minimum on my Elden Ring crunching that game out ended up finishing it in about 90 hours I want to say level 120 or something like that Mm -hmm. and listen I like cheery things I like Kingdom Hearts I like Kirby I like pastel colors and being in that world of Elden Ring for so long took its toll on me man I felt like I got beat up at the end of the night sometimes well and I'll have it noted I still have not finished Elden Ring it's it's a lot of game it's a lot it really is so much I, I i still have not finished it yeah yeah and, and no, I, no I got points against you to, yeah there's there's a lot of points that i have i've realized about elden ring but we'll we'll get onto that in the future um yeah. but one more little thing about kirby so y'all are talking about how the multiplayer is a little lackluster and kirby you know by definition is like a children's game do you think mm. that the second player is so lackluster just to try to like edge more kids into the door, make it more accessible for yeah, even smaller I think it, kids. I think it works twofold too of like, I've heard, I've heard a couple different gaming outlets cover Kirby so far. And I think like, depending on the age range and capabilities of the person that's playing, I feel like playing it with a spouse or playing it with a friend that's like equal as far as like gaming capabilities go is where it's going to, not look the best but if you're playing it with a kid who is terrible at video games or just wants to pitch in a little bit having them take that player two role is fantastic i'm assuming they get to feel like they're doing something you're kind of guiding the way you can move the game along and then on the other hand of that you would be able to if the kid is a little bit more advanced and still getting their wits about them you can take that player two role and just kind of assist them maybe point them in the right direction you have a feel for what's going on and you could probably see what the next step is and can guide them in that direction which i think is cool as well but from a you know, we've talked a lot about the multiplayer from a strictly, strictly single player experience. I've had such a good time just like being in those worlds. They're so much smaller and more concise than it, it's very easy to can compare to Mario Gal. Uh, Jesus Christ. How many times can I do that on my podcast <laughs> uh, to Mario Odyssey where Mario Odyssey, you get in and there, are these gigantic sandboxes that are frankly overwhelming. I didn't come close to hundred percenting Mario Odyssey. You get in there and there's, you know, 75 different, uh, stars or whatever you need to collect every time you hop in whereas kirby has these like really concise goals every time you get in there and there might be like a secret that you need to uncover you might need to figure out and have another run to accomplish what it's asking you to do but there's this sense of like i am not a completionist in any way yet I'm only on the second or third world of Kirby, but everything that I've done so far, I've 100%ed. I've gone back through the level, I've beat the boss in the time frame or with the power that it's asked me to do so. It just has a, it just feels like a very tight, like, package. It, it's really, really well done. And it's just, I think, I want to say it's like the best Kirby has ever felt. And it's definitely the best Kirby has ever looked. And mm-hmm. 
God, to bring it all back around, it is so pleasant. The demo does a, an injustice. It cuts out some of the stuff from the opening scene. It, if I don't even want to like plug my own Twitch for it. I did play the opening hours of Kirby, but after you play the tutorial level and you get the opening credits with the title card, which if you know me at all, I love title cards in video games, there is the most entertaining cutscene that I've ever seen in a, not just a Kirby game, but in a video game for the actual intro. It is... It is absolutely gaming bliss is what it is. Really, yeah. really loving Kirby. But I'll have to that's check it out. It's enough about that little gaming puffball. Let's uh it's let's hop in. Definitely somewhere. worth a play. Even if you don't finish it, it's at least worth yeah. a play. Yeah. For sure. For sure. I can't agree more. Um definitely definitely a highlight for me so far this year. You know what definitely isn't this month. worth a play, Jake? What is not worth a play? That was a layup. Come on, lay up. <laughs> Final Fantasy? I don't know. You guys have the opinion on that. <laughs> next slide, next slide, next slide. Next slide. Hold no. on. I'm switching the slides around. Um, <laughs> if we want to talk about Chocobo GP, is that the direction that you'd like to go in? Yeah, that was, that was the way I was going. Oh, Chocobo GP yes. is a living nightmare, man. I am mortified. I was so disappointed. Yeah. Did you purchase? Did you buy it? Oh no! Me either. I, <laughs> and I'm I was so, so ready glad to. I did not. I know. Um, the the best thing they did, arguably the worst thing they did for their sales, was to offer a light version, a free version, so that you could hop in there and see what the game had to offer. And you know, now looking at it in retrospect, the conversation online has transitioned into basically criticizing the fuck out of this game because of the mm -hmm. nightmarish way that it paywalls their progression in a full price video game um but in the light version the night that it came out i hopped on at midnight and i was so ready to pre-order it but i just i don't know for some reason i didn't i just wanted to hold out i knew that that free version was coming and i was just like let me just hop into it and see give it a couple races before i buy it and stream it the next day i hopped in there and the races were fine the game seems to control okay it seems like a ample cart racer but looking at the battle pass and the microtransactions that it is absolutely plagued with was mind-blowing it is hmm. too complex to even begin to dig into there's three different currencies it has all the fixings of a free-to-play mobile game uh all the way from timers to microtransactions and battle passes and they really shot themselves in the foot and they've done you know their damage control apologizing and making changes in real time but i, I think the damage may be done um and it's something that I was well. Really I mean, when you love. release it that way, it's it, yeah. you do you do a lot of damage that way because you turn away your initial, you know, your initial For buyers. Sure. Creators' and, intent. Yeah, yeah, and I'm not gonna go back and pick it up after you say you fixed it just to yeah. see that you haven't. Yeah. Do it's... you think they had that apology pre-written, like before the game <laughs> I don't, released? Just I don't like, think so. <laughs> We're sorry, we so. put microtransactions in. And they just need to put like real gamers onto these. Like I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how these companies keep on fucking up so bad. You, you gotta think that somewhere along the line they would be like, hey, let's uh, ask a couple like just regular normal people how they'd feel if they bought this and started to play it. <laughs> yeah, and and you gotta think like they didn't, they must not have focus tested it or something for the microtransaction stuff at least. I mean, yeah. I, I don't know if the game's fun at the races themselves. Um, mm -hmm. But there's the internet now you can't just release a full price game like this and expect nothing to come of it right like uh, obviously completely. if you had to cut out those microtransactions and just pushed it out i bet you would have made 
so much more money than yes. having all these in and people seeing the reviews and they're like, oh, I'm not buying this because I don't want to spend yeah. an extra $100 on it once I buy it. It, it seems so, like a game that easily could have pulled a seven or an eight in review scores and instead it's pulling in fives and sixes because of the way that yeah. it's just like designed from a menu and progression standpoint. Yeah. Well, you know, and I'm okay with microtransactions so long as if I buy the full game, I actually get something out of it. Yeah. But to actually, you know, what comparing it to Mario Kart for a second, you have all these characters that you get with Mario Kart the moment you unbox it. Mm-hmm. But in this, you, you get one or two characters and then you have to buy your way in using these microtransactions to get these other characters yeah and it's it's a huge loss mm-hmm. i mean i i love chocobo as much as the next final fantasy yeah. nerd, but <laughs> going in i want to play as somebody else other than chocobo at least give yeah. me a handful of other people to play as yeah and even Here's... to to that point oh. the the main like okay it's a final fantasy game where you can play as any character right like or any character from a, a series of games Obviously, everyone is in there looking for Cloud Strife. Where's Cloud Strife? At the tail end of the battle pass. That's a nightmare mm. to progress through. That's just Naturally. so wrong. Like, Cloud Strife should be the character that you get as, like, a free login bonus. Like, thanks for playing the game on week one. Here's everyone's favorite character. You know, the yeah. lobby should be full of Cloud Strifes. <laughs> yeah. Did, uh, the, the real question is, did they have Chadley in there? If they no. have Chadley, I might have I don't to think there's any Final Fantasy 15 representation and I would have not even downloaded the demo well, if Chadley was included. Isn't isn't Chadley in uh 7 remake as well? Right? He is from 7 oh, remake. Oh, Chadley is 7 remake. I don't know why I'm saying 15. Chadley, yeah. yeah. Yeah, okay. I was about to say I don't yeah. remember this 15. He's an addition but... to 7 remake. He was not in Final Fantasy 7. Hey man, my boy Chadley is mm. Stop it. I, I must be I blinking because I, I can't remember who Chadley even is. He's the little <laughs> he's, he's the little nightmare robot boy that works for Shinra who gives you the VR yeah. missions. You go into the VR missions oh, to like he pops yes. up in like every city. Yeah. yeah. He's just a Chadley. all around weirdo. <laughs> Alright. From one Final Fantasy nightmare into a bit of a Final Fantasy dream question mark? Dream? Final Maybe? Fantasy Origin. Stranger Things. All right. Chaos. I'm sorry. Chaos. <laughs> That's the meme. Oh Can I, god. Listen, I'm going to be probably right in the back burner of this game quite a bit, but like from an outside perspective, this game seems to like be is it self-aware? Does it know that it's weird and a little corny? Yeah, it's self-aware. In its tone. I would hope it, so. It's very self-aware. That's and it becomes awesome. more apparent the more you play. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, if it's not self-aware, somebody's just messed up somewhere. It is (laughs) one of the most bizarre games I've ever played. Um, I I enjoyed it. So me and Freight actually (laughs) played through it together. Um, It's It's one of the most bizarre games I've ever played. Well, I enjoyed (laughs) it. (laughs) Freight's rolling up his sleeves right now. Um, But no, I I, I did enjoy it. It took me a while. I made fun of every single cutscene in that game because they are rough. But if you go at it with the, with the uh, attitude that they are self-aware of what they're doing, it, mm. it makes it better. Um, I, I was a little bit more apprehensive in the first maybe five, six hours of cutscenes. Um, yeah. And mind you, they don't get better. They they don't get better. They're just they're just stupid. They're dumb. The the line the dialogue in this game, oh my god. Um, <laughs> But I enjoyed it. I don't know. The The gameplay was super fun. Uh, mm-hmm. It was really fast-paced. I, I will say, I know lots of people are like, Arr, I, we can't 
we can't review games based on graphics and i agree with that to an extent but this is an ugly game it is ugly like but i don't care because I was, I was enjoying it right mm-hmm. um but like i said me and freight played it together it has really good progression uh per character uh like for with your job classes and everything you can pick any class that you want really you just have to work up to it uh and you can swap classes on the fly um and it's really fun to play co-op it really takes the heat off of you like it's i would say it's pretty hard alone um but playing co-op it really takes a lot off and uh it's just a fun experience with friends so free is it like um is it the same way that they do co-op in like elden ring and dark souls like you summon a friend or is it match made or no um so the the co-op in this is actually a lot different than elden ring so with elden ring um you have to summon in the the other player and it actually limits some of the content that or the abilities that you have to play through the game whereas this um you actually form the party before you start the mission um and you actually i don't know if colleen actually played um played any of it solo but i did um and it actually you don't get some of the features playing solo so for example uh the famous phoenix down is not available when you play solo so if you die you have to start over um and so it is beyond more difficult playing by yourself than it is playing a party of people um almost to the point where it, it seems like they designed it that way to be more of a multiplayer experience yeah. than play by yourself yeah yeah which outside and, of 14 isn't really available in the final fantasy universe all that often no that reminds me of my biggest gripe with this game you play through maybe what 20 hours of the campaign and you're right near the end right you're like oh my god it's right there i can feel it and they force you to play it solo they force you they you can oh, play the entire game co-op and then right at the end they force you to play it solo and i hate it i hate it don't don't make me learn to depend on someone for the entire game and then play the last 30 minutes solo um, yeah without now now to to interject for just a second now there is without going into spoilers there's a very yeah. important story reason as to yeah. why okay it is solo play at that point but yeah. i i do agree with this point that you know you build up this dependency on your other player partner mm-hmm. to get through all this content and then all of a sudden that ally is ripped away from you like it it makes it not yeah. what's the word shell shock uh whiplash yeah. is right. very strong very feeling of it yeah, yeah. I was going to say that sort of reminds me, that was going to be my question without spoiling it. Does it make sense for like story beats as to why they're doing that? Because it's yes, not unlike it Final Fantasy 14, where that game is an MMORPG, but every once in a while you have what they call like an instanced story mission where it's just something that it's like, yeah. it's your character, you're the hero, you've got to go do the thing with the NPCs and the characters that aren't just other nameless warriors in the game. Yeah. Um, to do it and I I don't mind that in moderation but I can see in a single player game or I guess in like a non-MMO game that you've really been relying on a a friend for all that time that would be a little questionable it it definitely makes sense in the story Um, so you know there's that Um, I don't agree with it I think you could just drop another player in there and be fine Um, but it is what it is I I will say though I don't really know what audience to recommend this game to I don't mm. think that this will appeal to the Soulsborne audience, right? It's not mm-hmm. a Soulsborne. The more I play it, it's not a Soulsborne. 
Yeah, I think um, I've heard it compared to Near more than Souls. Yeah, Neo. I you know what? Yeah, and Neo, then yep. there, there's Neo because they it, you know they made the Neo games, so there's some DNA in there. And yeah, then Near kind of as well. Confused. Well, I I would agree. It, it has some huh. Near feelings to it, and just how it, it plays. Um, it's it's a lot more hack and slash than like the the anticipated movements and attacks of Elden Ring, if that makes sense. I'm trying to think of how to like. I I that. actually disagree with that. Um, and only because I did play it solo. If That's you play perfect. it solo, you have to learn the patterns of the bosses and the enemies or you yeah. will be crushed. You the will bosses, be crushed. The bosses for sure feel like, like uh, Soulsborne bosses. Um, yes. But the game as a whole, I think, is just different enough to not broadly appeal to Soulsborne. Uh, I, I do agree with that. I don't think every, I don't think every Soulsborne person is going to step into this and appreciate it for what it is. Yeah. Uh, because it does have its own differences. Yeah. Mm. I get yeah. that. It's a good game. I liked um, it. I'm glad I bought it. I'm glad I played it. You brought up, um, you know, what, what target demographic, who is this for? And like freight train and I, bonded immediately when we met over like a love for final fantasy and i want to say that it's like it's that but also just watching gameplay and kind of being on the sideline here it, it looks like as much as it ties in a bit to final fantasy one it also is doing some fan service through the entire series um were you satisfied with what they implemented in the ways that it draws from other final fantasy games Oh, a absolutely. Um, so, I mean, speaking as a Final Fantasy nerd, uh, I, I I loved it. I loved all the references. I loved all the throwbacks. Um, so the idea is that the areas are each, they call them dimensions, but the dimension number corresponds with the Final Fantasy game that they pulled from. Yeah. Uh, so, for example, like one of the ones that Colin was looking for uh, was Dimension 7. So Final mm -hmm. Fantasy 7. Um, and I mean, you walk through and it looks like you're walking through that game or a portion of that game. Yeah. yeah. Um, so there's all these throwbacks, not to mention, you know, all the monsters and stuff are found throughout the, the, uh, assortment of final fantasy games. Um, but I think anybody who has any kind of love for the original final fantasy. So final fantasy one, this is a must play. It, it is nice. a must play. Even nice. if you put it on the lowest difficulty, play it. You will appreciate it in the story. Feel targeted. <laughs> it does have a good story. <laughs> lowest difficulty and eventually playing it is right where I qualify. It is much. easy on yeah. the lowest difficulty, too. It's That's very easy. easy. That's what I'm yeah. looking for. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Um, the other thing that I saw that was viral, just you know, kind of in closing on that game, that I really appreciated was there is a... God, I hope this isn't a big spoiler, but I feel like it kind of made its way through the video game Twitter over the last couple of weeks so much that I think it's just kind of out there now. But there is one specific scene that takes like a, a very overused video game trope and turns it on its head that I just really appreciated. And I'll try to explain it the best I can having not played it, but it's a very standard action RPG thing that always say. happens. There's this gigantic boss that starts to monologue and it's you know i think it's jack is like the main character and the boss starts going on and he's like my name is and all of a sudden jack goes i don't give a fuck what your give name up. is and just <laughs> dives in and the battle starts God. i was 
I was blown away. I was that like, was okay, hysterical. this, this game gets it. Yeah. yeah. And I, I think that was the moment that I realized that it was self-aware. Yeah. Um, yep. <laughs> it was it was funny i mean i had to admit i as much as i made fun of the cutscenes, i was also laughing at them because they were entertaining right yeah um so that kind of kept me involved but it, it's it's good i liked it i enjoyed nice. it that i played it um easy transition from that any any closing thoughts anything else you guys need to get out of the way on that oh play like it. covered it nice all right from yeah. one final fantasy to Another Final Fantasy. Final Fantasy VI Pixel Remaster dropped. Mm. And I've played Final Fantasy VI before, not all the way through. And I picked this up, and admittedly, I only put in a couple hours into it just to kind of test the waters and see how it stacked up. I'm not a purist. I'm not over here like, I need the old pixel models. They're better. I like <laughs> a nice little upgrade. And mm. I've found myself really enjoying this. It's got all the fixings of, like a, I guess, like a modern 2D Final Fantasy game now. You've got a little mini map programmed in there. You have these orchestral remakes of the music that is absolutely the highlight to me so far. Freight Train, I know you haven't played, or I'm not positive that you haven't played six Pixel Remasters. I have not played six. You've been checking out the the Pixel Remasters (laughs) of the other Final Fantasy games, correct? Yes, I am slowly working my way through one, literally one through 15, um, but I've been playing the okay. Pixel Remasters. Um, I've almost finished three. Um, nice. We're getting close. Right. Listen, we're going to do you know your plugs at the end of the show and whatnot, but if anyone's listening to this right now and they're like, oh, he's playing through all the Final Fantasies, just tell them what your Twitch is real quick. Uh, so I, you can find me on Twitch on Freight, uh, Freight Train 16, F-R-A-T-E, Train 16. So working through one through 15 every Friday night, seven central. Look at this guy's ready for a pitch. Like it. I like it. Final He's done better than Friday. Colleen and I every time we've had to pitch. our. I know we're so bad at pitching our stuff. <laughs> Can so you bad. do a pre-recorded pitch for us that we just play at the end of our show? Yeah. <laughs> send, send me your times and I'll do it. <laughs> All right. Perfect. You know what I was thinking? We need to get like uh, the Master Chief voice, like the voice actor, and have him just create an outro for us, or just play at the end every time. Get like a All right, cameo so or whatever. On the topic of streams, and I can transition this one too because I don't have that much more to play to say about Final Fantasy VI. It's phenomenal. The Pixel Remaster is worth picking up if you're going to play Final Fantasy VI. But on that same idea, I used to stream. We've completed it. I played as I started streaming. I brought on a couple of my friends IRL onto my streams on Saturday nights and we played through all the Kingdom Hearts games sequentially and we called it Saturday Night Kingdom Hearts with the fellers like the way Goofy would say it and uh, that still goes on I still stream with them on Saturday nights and it's uh, an absolute blast and we still check out Kingdom Hearts when we can and pepper it in obviously waiting on the next one etc etc but at that time we were like okay we have this thing that we do on Saturday nights how cool would it be if we could get Haley Joel Osment to do a cameo one of the cameos for us and do like uh. an intro in the Sora voice for <laughs> like welcome to Saturday night Kingdom Hearts with the fellers Kingdom Hearts <laughs> is light something along that those would be lines great. didn't quite work out didn't quite work out but transition wise we can talk about bets because uh, I kind of lost one but I also was like yeah. super close and I got some partial credit. Yeah. So to re- recap on bets and we'll get into a, probably bring this up again when we get to like the PlayStation news and stuff like that, because the state of play kind of happened outside of that time. And then there was another one that didn't quite qualify. The good news yeah. is, is that Colleen held up his end of the deal 
and he streamed Kingdom Hearts one. I'm a man of my word, man. I'm still I uh, listen. I got I got oh. another month until I got to pay my dues. I will stream some Resident Evil, probably eight. Look at that. Got the story That's so right far. He's yeah. got it all. So you only have Almost. like ten more games to play. Um, yeah, you know. Listen, and I'm sure there'll be, be about set. forty more games by the time I finish all of them. Uh, people keep on I saying. Speak up as a witness as well. I was there. He did, in fact, stream that. <laughs> <laughs> I, did, I, I did. Uh, I've got a bet going jamming on out my chat. Some simple and clean. Oh, ooh, ooh, so good. Sorry, I got chills real quick. Let me <laughs> shake that. Let me shake <laughs> that out title. and stop thinking about Kingdom Hearts music. Um, I'm ready for this conversation. I know that you you probably didn't sell you right off the bat. Kingdom Hearts 1 doesn't hold up as well as some of the other games in the series, but I thought it was important, as much as I'd like you to go jump into Kingdom Hearts 2, the story's even more batshit insane and tough to follow. I figured just starting mm-hmm. you on Kingdom Hearts 1 was the way to go. Um, yeah. What'd you think? Um, so I didn't make it very far because there yeah. were puzzles at the start that uh, stumped me, I guess. <laughs> They're not even puzzles. It's like a scavenger hunt on the island. And yeah. it took me far too long to find all those pieces. Um, yeah, but, it's not an engaging uh, opening. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I just made it to Traverse Town. Is it Traverse or Tra- Traverse? Traverse Town. Traverse. 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 I think it's Traverse Town. Even though you would say you wouldn't say that in like a sentence without being called weird. Yeah. To Traverse the road. Yeah. I made it to Traverse Town. And um, we saved it and ended the stream there, and I haven't played it since. But oh, I will Jesus. say, um, the music's really good. I really like Kingdom Hearts music, yeah. even though I haven't played the games. Um, just from watching you stream with the fellers over the mm-hmm. years, it has been years, truly. Um, Crazy. Wow. It has been. Though. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I just always enjoyed the Kingdom Hearts music. And funny enough, yesterday, I just had my phone on shuffle, and freaking simple and clean played and i was not expecting it at all i was like wait i know this song and uh yeah simple and clean was playing so i enjoyed it uh will i go back i don't know maybe we'll make another bet that'll make me go back um i like it but it it it's really good i i enjoyed it i i the next bet's gonna be high stakes it's gonna be it'll have to be so beat beat the game and i'll i'll have to put up or shut it on critical mode Oh, no, I wouldn't I do that to him. Although you probably would be able to do it. And if you got that far, he'd be like, I want a platinum in it anyway. So. Well, I fair. looked up the platinum guide, and it's like a 100-hour plus platinum. Oh, um, and I don't normally go for those. Game. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a lot. That's a lot. <laughs> I tried tempting him on stream, too, and he, he, he wouldn't did. do it. Not I wouldn't happening. even do it for what ten gifted subs. I, I don't remember. I said no. I'm sure, I offered up to twenty five, and you said I, no. So. Yeah, it, it was something like that. I was like, nah. I'm That's sorry, I just can't. That's a deal. All right, I have no smooth transition for this next part, but I've been playing some Tunic. Um, did you, either of you guys check this out? Am I on my own on this one? I have. Nice, nice. Okay, a little so bit, t- not a lot. I played a yeah. little bit. No, same here. Uh, recurring theme on this channel i either go like balls in on a game and i sink 90 hours into elden ring or i play tunic for 25 minutes and i go this is hard <laughs> talk this about is it hard. For, i'm done <laughs> talk about it for four minutes on a podcast um 
Tunic isometric 3D Zelda-like, Souls-like. Uh, really feels like an amalgamation of a bunch of different genres of game all rolled into one, but does some really unique things, not only with art style, but in presentation as a whole. It's got this, like, interesting gimmick where the game doesn't even have, like, a an instruction manual or like a traditional mm -hmm. tutorial you have to like find these pages of the instruction manual that are written in a different language that give you like visual hints it's a game that is tough to explain but would make sense if you played it the good news is it's on game pass and you can do so for the low price of 14.99 a month game pass ultimate on pc more on game Pass. And i, I gotta say jake that was the weirdest thing for me Picking up the instruction manual. I legit went into my options. Like, is my set on anything, something other than English yeah. right now? It's insane. <laughs> it's insane. Cool. And from what I, from what I gathered, I'm pretty sure that there's like ways of figuring out and translating what's in that manual to have it make sense. Because I was like, pretty sure uh, it did an interesting thing that I, uh, not a spoiler. This happens in the first like hour of the game. Like you have a map obviously, and it'll show you like general directions and you'll be able to place like, okay, this is a landmark and that must be this on the map, things along those lines. Um, but it does this thing where from the get go, I had the ability to run and I didn't know that until I got the instruction manual and it showed me how to do it. So via trial and error, you could potentially figure out this thing, but also by collecting these pages and progressing through the game, it will naturally show you how to use the moves that are at your disposal to continue on and to like adapt into your actual like gameplay. It's very, very cool and extremely unique. Uh, Freight, do you enjoy your time with it? I did. Um, I'll be honest. I kind of hit the same point you did. I got about an hour in. I was like, this is hard. And I shut yeah. it off. Yeah. It's and got I haven't like gone the, back to it since. Yeah. It's got like the souls, like sort of like, uh, if you die, you go back to the last point that you were at and you have to go back and pick up the things that you dropped, whether those are souls or money or whatever, uh, incoherent gibberish tunic has <laughs> decided to call them. Um, and it's definitely had that same like learning curve. You got to block, you got to use your iframes when you dodge, you need to run away from some fights and avoid enemies. Um, but a, a game that, uh, looks cute, but plays cruel, I would say, <laughs> but overall, uh, a pretty enjoyable time all said and done. Um, let's dig into something that we talked about on the last episode. Um, we record these somewhere around the beginning of the month, usually within the first week. Right now it's April 6th. We're recording what we played in March and what we're looking forward to in April. Uh, at the tail end of last month, Octopath, not Octopath. I do this every time. It's Triangle Strategy. It and it's not you even, it, it doesn't again. even have project. Doesn't you even were have reading the title and you still said Octopath. And listen, it's the same. <laughs> it is the okay, same wait, font. Let me ask that. The are part? those the same? Are they the same universe? I don't know if it's the same universe. I don't think it's the same There's universe, like, but it's the you, same You can't, studio. like, play, like, the characters from Octopath are not, like, no. playable in Triangle, right? Okay. No. Mm -mm. Not crazy. There's a no. fan, theory, fan theory there somewhere, but... Oh, yeah, sure, I mean, yeah. it could definitely be, like, different continents or something. Um, but from where I've made it so far <laughs> in Triangle, there's not... Mm -hmm. um, well, there, there's magic attacks, but I don't see any, like, mystical animals or anything you know right like there were an octopath i will preface this i've only played like one battle in octopath or mm -hmm. i did it i'm not doing it now jake i've only played <laughs> welcome one to battle. games list 
<laughs> God. I've only done one battle in triangle strategy mm-hmm. because and, and I'm about four to five hours in. Um wow. because it is it is a the tutorial battle that I've played. And then it is three to four hours of dialogue of these little sprites and their politics. Um <laughs> And I want to say I like it. Yeah. I want to say I like it, but the hook of the game is the gameplay, is the battles. Yeah. And I have not been hooked on the game because I haven't had another battle, right? Mm-hmm. So I've been playing like, you know, 30 minutes here, 30 minutes there, and then just listening to dialogue the whole time. And I like the dialogue. They do pretty good with it. Um, I, I, I've i broken this game down multiple times as it, it's three parts. It's It's the looks of Octopath, it is the gameplay of Fire Emblem or like Final Fantasy Tactics. Mm-hmm. And it is the politics of Game of Thrones, just not as in depth <laughs> and not as many tits. Um, yeah, less incest. Yeah, yeah, a lot less of that stuff, um, at least from where I've gotten. Um, but it's good. I really like it and I'm glad I have it, but it doesn't have its hooks in me yet because I can't fight a battle. Yeah. I. I fought a longer battle in the demo than I have in the actual game so far. Um, so that's why it's been a month and I've only played a couple hours. It's just because it's hard to hook me. A fair criticism of the game, to be honest, like where it's got the, the structure that you see like a game that I could enjoy. But it, it's tough to say. I wanted to just mutter out the phrase like it doesn't respect your time. But there are some people that would play this and go bonkers for the lore and just want to learn these houses and want to know what's happening next and that's just not necessarily everybody it just seems like one of those games where if it's for you it's just the best and if it's not for you probably steer away it's it's i like the lore so far i i don't have a problem with it i'm not insulted by the way Mm -hmm. it's playing um but like i said there's just so many games out right now that i'm trying to balance my time with uh listening to all these conversations just isn't my main priority right now um, I get it. so if you're looking to buy this game i would be wary i would know that as of right now i would say don't buy this game go buy fire emblem three houses um Ooh. if you're looking for this yeah, kind of gameplay um so let me let me ask you a question real fast so i mean is yeah. this the kind of game where if you're gonna play it you need to pick it up and play it and not play anything else it seems like because there's so much dialogue and there's so much of this backstory going on yeah, that you can't I, really put it down. I, I would say that's probably pretty fair because um, there's lots of names and lots of houses and lots of cousins of of kings, yeah. of dukes and stuff, and you're trying to figure out all these political hierarchies and stuff, mm-hmm. and it's hard to keep track once you go away and then come back. Um, so I think that's fair. But at the same time, if you're not interested in any of the dialogue, you could just skip it all. You know, you can skip yeah. through the dialogue, get right to the gameplay. It, it just feels like one of those games where, like, if you're into this type of thing, if you're if you're a single game type of person where you pick something up and you just play that thing, it's probably like a gold mine for one of those people that loves Fire Emblem and they just play Fire Emblem start to finish and dump in, you know, 150 hours. They play through all three stories. They dig the lore. They like seeing the story from all these different types of uh, perspectives yeah. and things like that. But for somebody like me or you know probably most of us that like to you know play three different games at a time and 10 different games in a month probably a little tough to command that much yeah. time. And and I would say like uh so far I think Fire Emblem 
Fire Emblem's layout and gameplay and the way it handles its story, I prefer that over Triangle Strategy. Mm. Um, but just because I am a fan of these games, I'm going to keep playing Triangle Strategy. It might be November before I finish it. Um, yeah. But I'm going to keep at it just slowly. So. Yep. Makes sense. Um, I'm going to rapid fire a couple things that I played real quick. Uh, nothing, nothing that really requires too much time to dwell on, I don't think. But... Uh, we talked about it last month as far as the rundown of what it actually includes, but checking out the Mario Kart 8 Deluxe Booster Course pack was really fun. Obviously makes for a great stream with a community. Uh, the yeah. eight levels are really sound. I had a blast. Uh, and it's definitely... It, you already know if you want this or not. Do you play Mario Kart? Would you enjoy playing more Mario Kart on varied levels? If yes, spend $25 or subscribe to Nintendo Switch Premium. Uh, yeah. I don't think there's really much more to say about that one in the same way that cyberpunk's playable now. <laughs> I went back. We talked about this. This was part of the news last month is that they put out that patch 1.5 having never played cyberpunk before and then hopping into it. I was able to establish two things. One cyberpunk has too much going on to be a game for me, but similar to the way that Lots. we were talking about Octopath, not Octopath triangle strategy. If this is the type of game that you like, go on out and go on out and play it. I, I experienced zero bugs. I found uh, an enticing world, a story that was incredibly immersive for opening hours, uh, and it just seems completely sound. It feels like it is now the game that they meant to ship. So anybody that has been putting off Cyberpunk or they said, oh, Cyberpunk would be such a game for me. I like those expansive RPGs. I like that sort of setting. And they were yeah. put off by, obviously, the issues at launch. Grab it on sale. Give it a go. I, I honestly, I think um, the meme of making fun of Cyberpunk is probably round in the corner now. And I think it's uh, coming halfway decent. Yeah. Um, My wallet's and... hating you right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I will you. say... I uh, I played Cyberpunk to completion and got the platinum like two weeks after it released. Um, so I dealt with Uphill all those battle. bugs and I still adored that game. I couldn't wow. defend it because of yeah, the yeah. bugs, um, but it's a great game and you should play it. <laughs> Now's the time. Yeah, Run, really don't is. walk. Cyberpunk 2077. <laughs> I mean, it's been on sale for like 10 bucks multiple times, so it's a good yeah, $10 yeah. to spend now. For sure. Um... We don't really, we're not exactly covering it for news, but probably worth just like bringing up right now that uh, Cryptic Tease for a new Witcher game from CD Projekt Red. Yeah. Um, cool. Very, very early, early thing. It's kind of like just one of the things of like, hey, we're working on this, leave us alone. Um, yeah. the, the most interesting thing about it is it's being built on Unreal Engine 5, which, you know, from around the game development industry is the best engine to use right now, yeah. right? Available um, now. And, <laughs> yeah, and they had issues. It is available now. They had issues with the Red Engine 4, I believe it was called, for Cyberpunk. Yeah. Um, so I think it's good that they're just going to a tool set that is widely used so there are answers to each question that the developer might have. Right. And like not they're not the ones devices. having to deal with the engine they're just using the tools. They don't have to worry about upkeeping the engine as well. Um, yeah. So I think that was a great idea. Yeah, it's a little bit like, um, I don't know, I'm trying to think of a good analogy, but like a, 
dude punched you in the face last year and now he's at the same party as you and he's got mutual friends and everyone thinks you should be chummy with him. And it's like, well, dude, I don't, we kind of got some history here. You know, we, we released Cyberpunk 2077 on me last year and it was a fucking hot mess. Now I'm supposed to just forget everything that happened and be excited for whatever's next? I think not. Yeah. So they got some damage control. They need to put out a absolute... They've got a lot to prove right now. They for do. sure. They do. For sure. Yeah. Um, Speaking of terrible transitions, I've been playing Boomerang Foo. <laughs> hey! <laughs> this is a game from a couple years okay. ago that is available on Switch. It's local multiplayer only. I played it with uh, some of my homies on stream uh, that we did like an in-studio stream for. And this game is such dumb fun. It plays so like good. a fusion frenzy mini game it's a bit of a one-trick pony it's pretty much just like you hop into a level and everyone has a boomerang and whoever kills all the other players the best wins and i i don't know it's another one that's like we could sit here and probably talk about it for 40 minutes because it does everything that it does so incredibly well but yeah. if you're looking for something if you have a switch and two pairs of joy con for four people and four people that like playing things like mario party or smash brothers or mario kart if you're looking for something to play in the living room and have a you know a drink or two and then just mess around on a new video game with spend 15 bucks on boomerang foo and don't even thank me thank colleen he recommended it to me uh it's it's also th it's three bucks on the eShop right now um, the fuck spent yeah. 15 bucks on it three days ago I, i'm pretty sure it's three bucks right now because <laughs> uh i actually played it the same night that you did i played it with my girlfriend my roommate and his girlfriend mm -hmm. um and the next day my girlfriend was like i i think i'm gonna buy boomerang foo <laughs> and uh she's like it's only three dollars so at it's really good it's a you fun need to game. go get it for 15 oh, absolutely. i would still even recommend it yeah Pretty it's good. a steal and it's like if you're just a, a dorm room of guys just hanging out this is one heck of a game it's really fun not so bad yeah all right great game listen i have to i have to come clean i've been playing a little fortnite <laughs> is that the guy from fortnite <laughs> Oh yeah. Um listen, they, they made a movie about the bat guy from Fortnite. Oh my god, stuff. All right. So <laughs> listen, Fortnite I've played Fortnite over the years, uh, you know, for some hours and always I I get the popularity. It's not exactly my cup of tea. The building thing has always been a stopper for me. They had a season changeover and during that time they had a week where they took building out of the game and you could just shoot people in a battle royale. And let me tell you, hopping in with my friends and just shooting people it's a fun time. It's so much better. It is a thousand times better. It's infinitely better. And it was so popular that it's here to stay. So now there's Fortnite Zero build mode. And I honestly don't want to talk about it anymore. I'm embarrassed. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sounds good. I'll try it out. We'll play it one night. All right. All right. Master of Transitions, Jake Twitchin, is here to put Freight Train on the spot. I'm Weird impressed West. by your segues, man. Truly. <laughs> yeah. Just throw me in the hot seat just like that with Today's no worry. Well. Listen, I need you to take this Fortnite heat <laughs> off of me. <laughs> all right do your oh, best to man. tell me what weird west is because it kind of came out of nowhere it came out on the first uh, or the 31st of march so it's only been out for a little less than a week now yeah it's been out for about a week um so picture the old school top-down view dual stick control so the left stick moves right stick aims mm -hmm. um and fit that in a Wild West setting a weird with setting. 
Yeah, but with the supernatural. <laughs> so werewolves, uh, ghosts, uh, bugs that infect people and turn them into weird monsters and cults. Cool. Um, and pigmen? And that's pretty much what... Yeah, and pigmen. Um, and that's pretty much what Weird West is. Hmm. Um, it is a... It's an action RPG that behaves like a CRPG. Um, very, very action heavy. Um, the dialogue's great, um, but there is no voice acting other than the narrator, um, which does not tell a whole lot. Um, a lot of it is going to be, you know, the dialogue that you'll have to read yourself or read aloud. Um, and then there's the the notes and things that you'll find along the way that help to build this world. Uh, but it's very immersive. Um, the story so far is fantastic. It's played over five different characters, um, and each one you each one has their own story to tell, so to speak. Um, I've watched some of other people playing it as well, um, and each character has like their own unique feel to them because they get their own special abilities and stuff so like this is the pig man um this is the second character um, i like the pig man but each one's got their own oh it's great i i love the idea of it um but there's so it's procedurally generated right so each oh, each playthrough is going to be different um so where a mission may take place on this location in one playthrough it may not take place in that same location in another playthrough um, and then it's also got the this bounty system. So as you play, you're going to you can do these bounties where you go and you catch the most wanted people in the Wild West. Um, and if you you can either kill them or capture them. Um, and it's possible that if you capture them or if you kill them, maybe their family will hate you, and it causes what's called a vendetta. Um, <laughs> and so they have this vendetta system to where their family or that character will escape from jail and hunt you down to kill oh, you. Weird. And so you can have random events happen as you're traveling throughout the West. So pretty complicated game, a lot of systems at work. Definitely yep. seems like something you can get lost in. And then the, the fact that it's procedurally generated in that, um, and there's that much going on, leads me to believe there's probably a decent amount of replayability if it's your thing. And, yeah, uh, and it's it can be unforgiving as well. I'm not even on the hardest difficulty, and it, it can be difficult. And I've heard talks of them doing another difficulty level beyond that. <laughs> they want you to keep coming it's, back. It's going to sound like I have a lot to say about a game that I've never played, but I have reasoning for it, okay? So this game is made by the co-creator of Dishonored, right? He was like the director on Dishonored. Um, and then he left... Uh, arcane and created wolf eye studios who developed this game uh so it has a lot of the immersive sim dna you know as Frey train was saying it's immersive um so it has a lot of the immersive sim dna built into it of there's a conveniently placed barrel what if i push it off the ledge on top of all these mm. enemies um so it has a lot of that stuff um I, I will say, I don't know if I'm going to play this, even though I'm like the biggest Dishonored fan ever. My dog is named after Florvo. Um, uh, I don't know if I'll be playing this game personally, just because I'm not a huge twin stick fan. Um, mm -hmm. I'm not a huge twin stick or like procedural fan for the most part, but it does look really fun. I've enjoyed watching Freight Train stream it. Um, but yeah, 
if you like immersive sims and you like twin sticks i say give it a go um that's what i can see and it, the setting's super cool i wish it was just like dishonored but in the weird west you know um, yeah but that's asking a little much also on game pass oh that's the right. big sell that is actually really that's cool right that's a good All right. sell. i got a transition lined up going from things that colleen likes to things that colleen likes the last of us part two yes oh boy where do i begin all right so the last of us part two released in 2020 right in like the summer of 2020 um and around that time i was playing ghost of tsushima i wasn't worried about the last of us even though i bought it day one for some reason i held on to the last of us two until about a week ago two weeks ago now and i played that game my god it if it can be, it might be my game of the year this year. Um, I adored the revenge story and the redemption, you know, well, you know, part of a redemption, not quite. Um, the story was just top notch. I, I can't, I, I can't even see where I would want to improve it. Right. Lots of people have issues with it. You know, maybe some bald headed man on this podcast might have issues with it. <laughs> um, but I love it. I adored the story. Um, it has a wonderful like kickstart to the story that gives mm -hmm. you a real drive to progress into it. Um, wonderful. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I, um, I don't really want, I don't really know how to talk about it too much without spoiling it. Even yeah, it's it's a game old, I don't want that to. is very difficult to, it is so story driven that yeah. without digging into the story, it is almost a hundred percent. Your, your feelings on the story are going to be indicative of how you feel about the game as a whole, because yeah. it, it relies so heavily on that narrative. Yeah. And I, I wouldn't even say like, it's a game that it's hard to say that you had fun playing it. Right. Right. Um, yeah, yeah. As much as I liked the combat and everything, I can't say that just sitting down and playing it was fun. But mm. I was, I was hooked. I was into it. I was immersed. I, I wanted to see the next cutscene. I wanted to kill the next clicker. Right. Um, but it's hard to say that it was a fun game. Um, yeah. If you haven't played it, I think you owe it to yourself to play it. Naturally, if you haven't played the first one, play the first one first. But I do like this one better than the first one. I think this one's better. And I think I, you honestly have to have played the first one, though. I I think you do need to play the first one. Just because yeah. the kickstart at the very beginning won't have the same impact if you don't know the characters from the first one. Um, and, you know, I've sat and I've thought, why do I like this one more than the first one? Whenever most people... I, I think there's probably a 50-50% cut of people who like the first one more than the second one um but i think the reason i'm not a huge fan well that sounds wrong saying i'm not a huge fan i think the reason i like this one better is because i was just younger when i played the first one i was younger when i experienced those stories i don't think i i was at the age where i could completely grasp what it was like to bond with those characters and and to feel the emotions they were feeling right um i mean i was 12 13 when the first game came Jesus. out, it came out in what, 2013? Yeah, I think yeah. so. Yeah, so I was 13 then, right? Uh, I'm now 22, and I I can connect with the characters. I'm more emotionally matured, right? Um, and I really think it comes down to just being at a different place in my life when I experienced those games that made me like the second one more. 
I will say I understand why people don't like the second one. It has its problems. Um, yeah. I understand why people don't like the way the story went. Personally, I enjoyed it. Um, it was a very enthralling game that really just... I, I sat down and played it nonstop for a week, and then now I have the platinum for it. So here we are. What a yeah. game. I, I love for it. Some, I, I had in my head that I was going to like go hard at you, and the fact that I can't take knocks at the story without just like ruining anybody's experience that's listening to this that hasn't played it <laughs> makes me need to really like bite my tongue. And I think that something that uh, either you or Freight said at the beginning of this conversation about playing this without playing the first one is, I think, impossible. And I think that there's something to be said about, like, the title of the game. Having it, it could have been called The Last of Us 2, or it could have been called The Last of Us, you know, subtitle, blah, blah, blah. But instead, it's called The Last of Us Part 2, and they've credited mm -hmm. it as, you know, a second half of a full story. Mm-hmm but that becomes a tough sell too. So in some ways, yes, in some ways it's, I think to its credit in some ways, not, not at all. Uh, yeah, it's, See, it's a tough one to talk about for sure. I, I think we're giving a lot of grace here, not spoiling it since it has been like two years since, uh, it's come yeah, out. For but, sure. um, um, I, I think part two is, is justifiable. I think The Last of yeah. Us as a whole is Ellie's story, um, even though he plays Joel in the first one. Um, it, it, truthfully, it's Ellie and Joel's story, right? Um, kind of. But it it is just a standout game. Um, it, I played it right after I hopped off the Elden Ring, and I was like, what am I going to do after Elden Ring? Jesus How am I going to get involved in another game? Uh, I played, and I played this I played game. Kirby, man. You went to Last yeah, of Us Yeah, I know, right? Jesus I know. Christ, is everything all right? Uh, I, you know, you don't see me when the camera's <laughs> off, but um, it it just hooked me, and I didn't think anything could beat Elden Ring. But looking back, I think I enjoyed The Last of Us Part Two more than I enjoyed Elden Ring. So. Yeah, I get it, and, and like, I don't want to even even on its worst day. I, I could never rate this game lower than an eight. And that's really like, I think I'm harsh on it because even if there was never a last of us part two, if last of us one ended the franchise entirely, which in the gaming world doesn't happen enough. Like I think of like Ueda yeah. is probably the only one who's just down to make a fucking story and just have it be a standalone story. Like you get shadow of the Colossus and that's all you get motherfucker. Like you don't yeah. get to go to a different world with a bunch more colossi. It's the game. The game's over. Wait, wait for yeah. my next thing. You know, it reminds me of like you know, directors have that sort of same deal. Like even in the world of franchises and things like that. Like there's plenty of standalone Spielberg movies that you watch because Spielberg directed it, not because it's a sequel to Jaws. You know, things along those lines. But all in all, it, it's still a, a good video game worth uh, forming your own opinions on. I won't, uh, I won't subject everybody to the specific reasons why. Maybe one I day. I despise this game that I think is an eight. Like, <laughs> I love a lot of sevens. You know. <laughs> you know what? I'm just really not happy with the way they took Kirby in the Forgotten Land. I think <laughs> Listen, it's a wonderful game, no, but Kirby I hate is a, it. Kirby is a gem. I, I hate Kirby. Mouthful Moon. What the heck is that, man? Alright, let's talk about a game that we agree on. Or, I don't know, let's Freight and I agree on. And that's uh, Vampire Survivors. Yes, let's talk about it. Okay, I think it's worth saying that 
this art that I'm showing, if you're watching the video version of this, we've got a little thumbnail area where we play videos and sometimes we click over to that. And uh, it's gonna be important for us to start this conversation and throughout it, go from this key art that they supply as the art for it and then show what the game itself is as well as we speak about it. Because this game is an enigma in the video game world. There is nothing like it, I feel like, that's doing it. It almost reminds me of like a early like addictive ios mobile game a one-time purchase there's no in-app purchases or anything like that and it is just this little package of gaming bliss that you can put in 10 minutes 30 minutes into or hours and hours into so vampire survivors without further ado free how many how many hours do you think you put into this game that for the record costs 2.99 that's not 300 dollars. that's two dollars and 99 cents I can tell you right now, I nice. have put in 23 hours. Nice. That's a bang for your buck. So let, let me tell you. So the day the day I bought it, I called in sick to work. I was taking a day <laughs> off work. Um, I got on Twitch and I saw one of my one of my streamers that I watched. It's like, huh, this game he's playing. This looks kind of fun. I looked it up on Steam. This is $3. Hell, that's a bargain. I went ahead and bought it. I spent entire day off 10 hours playing this game and i had played it i picked it up and played it every single time they put out a patch which mind you they put out a patch like every week and a half to two weeks that's pretty impressive i didn't know they were supporting it like that and they have a roadmap too and they're they're continuing to drop new content it it it, it is so simple at its at its core yeah. I mean, the whole idea is survive for 30 minutes. Spoiler alert. That's it. That's all. There, there's yeah. nothing else to this game but other God, than survive. But yeah, it's so much fun. And it's so rewarding to, be, to try all the different ways you can build your, your weapon setup. Yeah. And to try to get to that 30-minute mark to say, oh, I did it. It's got these roguelike elements that keep you coming back for more. It's got this addictive way of, like, if you don't hit the 30 minutes, you want to hit the 30 minutes. If you hit the 30 minutes, you want to do it again. Sometimes you do, sometimes you don't. It always feels like you're, there's just enough to grab onto. Like, I think everybody with different games has this feeling of, like, all right, maybe just one more run. Like, let's let's just go, we'll do just one more, just one more. And then then it's, like three in the morning and you're like fuck it was like seven more it is absolutely incredible i mean it's a, it's a 2d roguelike it could not be more simple we say game pass all the time if you are think hearing this if you saw the gameplay if you heard us talk about it and you think maybe it's for you support this type of video game go spend the three dollars you spent more on a sandwich yesterday for lunch it's so cool I gotta say, I, <laughs> I'm i glad y'all are enjoying this game. It does not look like something that interests me in the slightest. Not even a I single get it. bit. I get it. As soon as we get off this podcast, I will gift you the $3 <laughs> game for you to sit down and play it for one hour. Yes. <laughs> I was out Just and I had it. One hour playing it. I would I'm love scared. to see what the if statistics. I get addicted? 
I would love to see the statistics of how many times this game has been gifted because it does have this price point of like three dollars is easy such to a gift. small amount of cash to put in on something that you're passionate about. And it yeah. just it just feels like I never gifted a game on Steam and I'm ready to go gift. And I've never I don't think I've ever and, received and a game. Honestly, gift on Steam. the developers deserve it. Yeah. To yeah. make a game like this and the fact that they're continuing to update it. Like the day I bought it for the three dollars that I bought it for. Mm-hmm. And how minimalistic it was, I was happy with how much yeah. gaming I got out of it for three dollars and happy that I could still go back to it and still enjoy it. Yeah. But they're still continuing to patch it every every few weeks, add new achievements, new weapons, new areas, which yeah. I'll tell you, the new area they just put out is hard as fuck. <laughs> so hard. Um coming back from But yeah. For the fact that I only paid $3 for it, I would rather play this than some games that I spent $60 on. For sure. For sure. And that says wow. a lot. Yep. Yeah. So it really wow. is awesome. It's it's such a it's such a cool little slice of video game that is inoffensively priced and it offers so much and so little at the same time, but that's almost so the beauty of it. Uh it is unlike anything that we've talked about on the show so far. You know, and I think the best part of this is the developer's name is Ponkle, P-O-N-C-L-E. It's a very strong name. It's a lowercase p, too, so get it right. Ponkle. But still say it with respect, because he deserves it. Um, Speaking of games that require respect, (laughs) my fucking dream. Hey! Curling it! Uh, let's just uh, let's do a series wrap on Elden Ring, man. We talked about yes. it a little bit already. Um, yeah. We talked about it at a length. Lot of it, it's the actually. longest segment that we've done on the show. Elden Ring yeah. is complete for Colleen and I. We did a vast majority of that game together, which was really fun. Uh, any closing And then thoughts? you ran Anything? off and left me. You slowed down, you, bro. You, bro Get on my level. I'm, game, I'm gaming over here. Yeah. Uh, what I want to say about Elden Ring in closing versus what I said, I thought it was important for me to bring this up, especially on the heels of the conversation that we had last time, because at the end of the last podcast, we literally said, like, okay, let's end the podcast and go play Elden Ring, which we did. Um, I mainlined that game. I spoke about earlier in this podcast about how towards the end, I felt like... <sighs> burnt burnt out from being in that world and things like that. And I will say that my the amount of time that I spent in those early areas and in the opening 30 or 40 hours of that game were played much, far more. much differently than my last 30 or 40 hours in that game. Yeah. Uh, it does at the end, arguably, at least for me, it overstays its welcome just a little bit. Yep. Not to I the agree. point of I was ever like, okay, I'm going to fall off this. It's just that I kind of lost the dedication that I had to going and finding side things. Uh, towards the end of it. I think, Freight, you can probably attest you, you're falling off of it a little bit. You're falling, playing it a little less than before. I was just checking my hour count. I'm at 87 hours, yeah. and I am I think I'm getting close, but mm-hmm. I'm at the point where I am saying, okay, where the hell is the end? Yeah. yeah. I, I, I am ready for it to be done yeah. so I can yeah. scratch it off my list. Now, that's not to say I won't come back and play it again, because I... Yeah. Absolutely will. I love these these Souls born games, but I just so for it to be done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a it's a beefcake. It's a beefcake. Which is, there are some people again talking about those games where some people are just like buy the one game and that's what I play for nine months out of the year until the next game comes out. 
uh, and they are eaten right now. People are on yeah. their third, fourth playthrough, new game plus, doing different builds, ton to experiment with. The game has a massive amount of content to offer. For me, I treated the last 25% of that game as like a boss rush. I was like, okay, I've, I'm yeah. fucking good to go. Nothing's stopping me. I'm going to go crush this. I died a few times on a couple bosses, but for the most part, I was able to just beeline it right to the end. Got the worst ending in the game. Watched the other ones on the internet. I'm good. Kirby time. That's funny. I, uh, <laughs> I think I had right around 80 hours in it when I finished it. Um, and I've, I've put more hours in just because I'm playing with friends off and on whenever I'll summon into their world and help them out a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, I did get the platinum for this game. Um, and I, I think it, it, I think it overstayed its welcome by maybe 10 to 15 hours. Yeah. Um, yep. I think, I think they could have cut out at least one area just completely. And it would have been a perfect, perfectly sized. Game. I, I, um, I think I disagree that they could have like cut it out. I feel like there it's, it's, it's impressive that there is that much. I think just for me, I don't know. It's tough yeah. to say like shorten your game. And I, I, um, I also did the same as you near the like, uh, Limgrave. Man, I scoured that thing and sure. uh, Lorenia, the lake or whatever, however you pronounce it. I Learning scoured that thing. Caled oh. a, a little less, the capital God, even more or less. Suck. Um, and, and and as the game went on, I felt less and less um enticed and less and less motivated to search these extra dungeons, and I was just mainlining it right. Um, and I, I say mainlining it, but I did do the hardest boss in the game. Um, that's an optional boss. Uh, that's an entirely separate area, like the size of the capital. Um, it's huge. There's so many different open areas in this game that you can just completely miss. That capital um, city is one of the most impressive environments that I've ever oh, been yeah. in a video game. And completely overwhelming and is basically what made me want to, to stop playing. <laughs> it's very overwhelming. It's very overwhelming because you're like, oh my god, this is so huge. But then again, once you get down to it, it's very small. Uh, these Souls games do a really good job of making things seem huge and overwhelming. But in the end, it's like four hallways just with turns that disorient you. Yeah. Um, but it was a great game. I mean, I, I would say it's the 10 out of 10 this year. Um, there's not much complaints I can ha I have with it. And if my worst complaint is it was too long, I think that's fair. Um, yeah. I think it was a phenomenal game and I adored almost every second of it. So for sure. Good stuff. In closing for the things that we've been playing, um, we will just talk very briefly about, Outer Wilds Echoes of the Eye. This has been like the, the most mm. constant game that we've talked about on the show so far in our three I or four so, episodes. I think so, yeah. And uh, we're in the middle of playing it. We're making good on it. We've got some little exclusive gameless streams going on on uh, Colleen's channel on Twitch, which is oh, twitch.tv it's slash... <laughs> I'm sorry. Break, I didn't realize train. that was a, a... <laughs> it was It's Twitch. It's twitch.tv slash Colleen K-A-U-L-I-N-E underscore. Nailed so, it. First try. Colleen underscore. Catch him um, at random times during the week. Yes. <laughs> extremely random. I don't have a schedule. I'm in pharmacy school. Very busy man. It's tough. It is it's tough on. to maintain. But uh, Colleen and I are doing a pretty unique stream that has been such a blast to do. And we're going to talk about it at length. We're still making good on that promise. We're playing through it together. And then because we wanted yep. to talk about Outer Wilds spoilers so much and dig into what that game is, we decided we would do Echoes of the Eye together. 
and then mm-hmm. record a bonus podcast. So the first uh, spoiler cast that we'll ever have on the Gameless channel that'll pop up right in your same feed or on your same YouTube playlist, whatever you're finding us under. You can stay tuned to the end yep. of the show to hear your options. Um, you're going to have yes. the opportunity to hear us ramble on for probably longer than we even talked about Elden Ring on the last episode about Outer Wilds Echoes of the Eye because... Mm -hmm. I love it I really really love it and it's been a blast to play the way that we're playing it Colleen's on the sticks but we got two brains solving this mystery this puzzle essentially that's all taking place and thank god for it because my brain couldn't do it alone we're we're making it happen though it's been it's been a really fun time so all that's coming up things to look forward to but I think that wraps it up is is anybody else playing anything that we didn't talk about that they want to want to bring up can't think of anything i'm still playing hundreds of hours of final fantasy 14 every month but yeah i'm playing lots of games on the side but nothing uh nothing worth mentioning right now no i i've been sitting here trying to think of something that i i've been playing that's worth mentioning i play a lot of indie games mm-hmm. um but nothing nothing to write home home about at the moment yeah love it puts us in good shape awesome. to jump into last month's news recap let's jump off i guess we'll go somewhat sequentially big acquisition early last month playstation Mm -hmm. acquires haven studios haven studios yes haven colleen what you got so you might say what is haven studios what games have Haven has Haven? That's a have Haven have to. It's hard to say. Having. It's like an alliteration. Yeah. What games has Haven Studios put out? Uh, well, uh, none yet. So Haven Studios was founded by Jade Raymond. Uh, if you don't recognize the name, that's okay. Um, she was actually the producer and like an executive producer on the earlier Assassin's Creed games, um, and she also worked on like Watch Dogs and stuff along like that. Um, so Jade Raymond actually left Ubisoft and then she was like the president or something along those lines for, uh, Stadia. So as we all know, Stadia was a failure. Um, so she went and made her own studio and yeah, it is. (laughs) Um, she went and made her own studio and they had like an agreement with PlayStation. They were going to, PlayStation was going to help them out with their first game and everything like that. Uh, well out of nowhere, PlayStation just bought them. Um, so they want Haven to work on like live service games or multiplayer games. That's what Haven was working on. And PlayStation is really like pushing for live service games in the future. It's not saying that they're getting rid of their first player, uh, experiences because they know that's like, everybody loves that. Right. Um, but they do want to expand their scope and get more multiplayer because realistically, PlayStation's kind of been lacking on the multiplayer front for for years now. Um, I can't remember the last multiplayer first party game they put out. Um, God, it was it was a while ago. Um, but anyways, they're working on a AAA multiplayer experience. They're owned by Sony now. I have complete faith in Sony. I don't think that we've ever seen. I'm gonna sound like a fanboy here, but oh, we've never well, seen a show. Uh, I know, right? <laughs> We've never seen a studio acquisition go wrong with Sony, at least not yet, right? We've seen Visceral get, you know, destroyed by EA and things like that. Um, yep. But so far, Sony's shown that they know what they're doing. Solid track record. Yeah, yeah. 
and I'm I'm very excited to see what's to come. I don't know what to expect because they haven't delivered a game yet, but I can only imagine it's good based on Sony's previous purchases. They only buy studios yeah. that make good games. It seems like they're assembling a strong team internally now, which is yes, cool to see in this world of like acquisitions of like these gigantic names to see them investing in something that's you know for all intents and purposes like a smaller startup at this point but yeah we we're starting to see a trend with Sony of like putting putting faith into these smaller companies as well um yeah and like uh, like housemark housemark is exactly what came to mind with like returnal they came from humble yeah. beginnings and now i mean i think the world is waiting on a new triple a game from them essentially so yeah absolutely it happened fast so it'll be interesting yeah. to see what they have there i'm excited to see what they announce so- I do want to challenge that just for a moment, though. So with mm-hmm. the previous acquisitions that PlayStation has done, the mm-hmm. the the studios that they have acquired, haven't they put out games prior to them being acquired? Yeah, yeah. I think for most part, yeah. This is the so, only I studio mean, that they've bought that hasn't like just pumped something out yet because this is yeah. a brand new studio. It's like a year old or something along those lines. Yeah, so I mean, that that right there is my concern. I mean, so what little I read on the acquisition, they were proclaiming that they were going to put out a AAA title just as their first game. Yeah. And that's well, a lot to be said. They, they yeah. had PlayStation funding behind it. Um, so because they were partnering with PlayStation so that will get that would have given them the money for the AAA title. Do um, we know if they're working on new IP as their stuff or could it be existing PlayStation IP cuz that would actually be interesting if they were working on something that's going to be adapted into like a first party property, you know? Considering yeah. it was a partnership prior to them being acquired and they were already working on their first game i imagine it's not or it is a new ip yeah Yeah, i have a quote actually uh it says our first new ip for playstation is on track to deliver a triple a multiplayer experience with a vision to build systemic and evolving world focused on freedom thrill and playfulness that will keep players entertained and engaged for years the big three new ip (laughs) thrill yes thrill thrill one of the big three All yeah. my favorites. That's cool. I'm interested to see, you know, what they put out, but uh, cautiously apprehensive. It sounds like Jade Raymond is a, uh, for some reason, I know this name, yet it's tough to, like, attach work that she's done, but everyone holds her in a very, very high high regard. Yeah. So, and I think it'll be I, I can't help. I can't help but feel like PlayStation is, like, going to the supermarket and looking at the produce and just picking the best ones out of each little section um because i mean it just recently uh housemark blue point um De- uh bungee um yeah. that's not to even mention fire sprite fire sprite is like a support studio that's working on multiple projects right now um Twisted they're Mo? making moves yeah i would possibly they're they're making moves and i i'm very excited to see where where it's going because i love yeah. some games man fucking gaming landscape is wild we started a podcast at the right time man mm-hmm. <laughs> all right no there's joke. a lot of uh man sony sony dominates i criticize them for the way that they put out these playstation things and these blog posts and what's going to be a state of play and what's not and the size of it and what's going to be a showcase and the whole nine yards but as i put together these little slideshows and outline the podcast every month god sony dominates these headlines you know even even things like 
you know, we're going to talk about the Hogwarts state of play. I mean, that's a game that's not a first-party Sony title yet. You know, the only thumbnails I could find for it had fucking X's and O's all over it in blue. Mm-hmm. And they, they know what they're doing as far as uh, making sure that we say the word PlayStation a lot. That's for a sure. A lot. Um, they they oh. just they it's like a it's like a mist. They missed us with news all the time. <laughs> I, you like keep that? The Sony, keep the Sony mist away. <laughs> the um, Sony mist. We're gonna we're gonna spice we're gonna we're gonna spice it up a little bit, and uh, with your Sony mist, you're gonna get some Nintendo sprinkles. But unfortunately, it's mm. just uh, not not the ideal news. Um, sequel to the Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild has been delayed <laughs> again. Um, Poor, I think it's Eiji Onuma. I'm not positive how to say his uh, first name. But uh, this guy is, you know, the king of Zelda, essentially. He's been working on all these things. God, I can't help but feel bad. And it's tough because Nintendo is so tight-lipped, I think, more than any other company. You know, you hear about workplace environments basically everywhere except for Nintendo more often than not. Mm-hmm. And it's tough to tell if something is in development hell because they would never admit to that being the case. And you hear very, yep. very few things. But... It, it seems like everything, the way that they're framing it is that the scope of the game has grown exponentially in what originally was supposed to be like, you know, uh, Breath of the Wilds. If the Breath of the Wild is, you know, the Ocarina of Time, then we were expected to get the Majora's Mask to Breath of the Wilds, you know, Ocarina. And yeah. it's starting to look like the scope has <laughs> grown yet again because this thing has been pushed now to 2023, spring of 2023. Oh, Hopefully, I mean, at this point, I mean, Jesus Christ, they got to get this thing out. But it begs quite a few questions. What's going on behind the scenes? What's the scope of this game? Why can't they give us a fucking title? Is anybody sick of saying the sequel to The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wilds? Oh, I know. That's what I was thinking. It's all very bizarre. Um, But you can't help but feel bad for Onuma because I feel like, you know, potentially he thought he was going to get a quick one out. Slide out a little Zelda sequel and it's turned into... You know, nothing short yeah. of a full development cycle for this game, which is not unheard of for Zelda games, that's for sure. But uh, at the same time, Onuma, let, let me show you what he typically looks like when he has to break bad news. His haircut looks the so haircut. good. Dude. So this is what you've seen for the last 20 years that this man's been on the limelight. If you're listening to this and not watching, I urge you to look up some pictures of him before this and then look at that new Zelda delay announcement video because the glow up is insane. It this looks man, so good. I gotta, my guess is, my guess is just based on visual appearance, everything's going fine with development. The game is just getting better and better. This does not look like a man who's having a hard time at work. This looks like a man in the midst <laughs> of a blow up who's having the time of his life developing a 10 out of 10. The sequel to The Legend haircut. of Zelda Breath of the Wild. But it's interesting to see still, nonetheless, and there's still so many questions. The delay video included like an extra four seconds of footage that people hadn't seen before on the sequel and obviously zelda internet has gone wild with it with this four seconds you can expect a four hour youtube Pick it video. apart oh yeah. just going why is the sword damaged what's going on why is link's uh-huh. hair millisecond by millisecond mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. and it's... you know i know exactly when this game is going to release when? It's go- it's gonna release a week after Horizon Call of the Wild, the VR, the Horizon VR game. <laughs> to be overshadowed. A week after. Once again, they're waiting. They're waiting on that announcement of PSVR oh. 2 so they can rain on their parade. Well, yep. and you know, and that poses the question. I mean, was the reason they delayed it because of development, or is it because of bad timing? Development. Yeah, because I don't think, I think it's cares be about bad timing. <sighs> 
I don't know. The other the other thought with, with Freight's question is that Zelda has a track record of being released multi-platform. It happened with the Twilight Princess, where Twilight Princess was an often delayed of GameCube wild. game that was a pipe dream for a long time. And then what happened was it was delayed and eventually rolled into a launch title with the Wii. And then it came yeah. out for the Wii at launch, and then a month later for the GameCube uh, on the system it was supposed to come out for. So I think it begs the question... The often rumored Switch Pro, I, which I still think exists. I still think that we'll get a Switch, Switch Pro. 2? I think we'll get a Switch Pro before we get a Switch 2. I think the Switch is in so many households that they're going to want to keep developing for that platform. And yeah. just give us they said recently, They said recently it's about halfway through its life cycle. Yeah, um, yeah. I would so... guess a refresh, something, you know, if the... If the DS Lite is to the original DS, then maybe we're going to get the DSi rendition of the yeah. Nintendo Switch at some point and have it be the Switch Pro. And it wouldn't be surprised to see it come out. And if, if, I, if I were a betting man, I would say it would be something along the lines of this isn't going to be a game that's released on both the Switch Pro and the Nintendo Switch. It will be a game that comes out, that cartridge goes into your system. And if you have a Switch Pro, it performs in this way. If you have a Nintendo Switch, it performs in this way. And you'll uh -huh. have that graphical advancement, uh, possibly, you know, a patch or something along those lines that gives you the upgrades that only this system can handle. But I, I think yeah. if that ends up being the case, people will look back at this delay a lot differently than if it just comes out for the yeah. Switch. And, and that's kind of also... what my other theory had been. Mm -hmm. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah. No, um... It, it, it was like a, the old Xenoblade on Wii U. There was like a DLC pack that you could get for mm -hmm. free that was just like an up-res uh, to different textures and stuff. Yep. Um, so I imagine it would be something like that. But aside, back to the... Uh, backtracking just a little bit. I think the way Nintendo works is... I know I'm the resident Sony guy here, and I'm not a huge yep. Nintendo guy, but... Um, I just feel like Nintendo doesn't work to the same beat that all the other game companies do. They do their own thing. And it's, you know, I think it's reasonable enough to assume that they're delaying it because of competition, right? But realistically, Nintendo games, for the most part, are... I don't want to say they, they are offerings to a different audience, but they're offerings to everyone, right? And if you're going to buy... Breath of the Wild, you're going to buy Breath of the Wild no matter what other game's coming out, right? Sure. Um, so I don't think they're worried about competition per se, but I don't know. I mean, we, we never know. We never figure out what's going on inside of Nintendo. Like, the best we've ever come to it is what Iwata asks, and that's yeah. about it. Um, yep. So it's tough to say with Nintendo. We just never know what they're doing. They're so weird. Well, and they just don't provide a lot of information like the other companies do. Yeah, a hundred percent. They, they, they keep those cards close. That's for sure. And whatever they're doing, it works. So, yeah, more power to them. Without a <laughs> doubt. Without a doubt. If they're coming out with the Switch Pro, though, they better get on it with that Steam Deck creeping up on it. Mm, Turn the handheld. Steam Deck uh, is a I beast. Game Informer maybe had a April Fool's joke that was Steam announces the Steam Deck Pro and it's just a fucking laptop. <laughs> Pretty <laughs> the good. The game in yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I uh, I will say I hope there's not a Switch Pro anytime soon because I just got the OLED and I don't want to upgrade again. Yep. I just these half life cycle consoles I'm not a huge fan of, but 
I guess it is good in the end to expand a life cycle's length. Um, I'm, a, I'm a sucker, man. I get the OLED on day one. I had a yeah. DS, a DS Lite, a DSi, a DSi XL, a 3DS, a 2DS, a 2DS XL. I'm a fucking monster. I'm part yeah, of the problem. Do you have the 3DS XL? <laughs> it's a great system. I, I never had a 3DS. Last DS I had was the DS Lite. Mm, mm, the best yeah. of the DSs, truly. Yeah, Game Boy slot, I, the I got one in college. I played a few games on it, and then it went in a box with the rest oh. of the DS and Game Boys that I've got. Oh. I lived through the, so many console generations that I somehow, through the years, have managed to, I'm pretty sure, I don't think there's a gap. The only thing that I can think of is I'm not positive if my red and blue Pokemon are all the way up to my Pokemon Home or Pokemon Bank, whatever the current one is, but... You've just traded them all the way up? There's just always been a way to upgrade and trade from this generation to that generation. Game Boy Color to the Game Boy Advance is the only one that I have a question of, but I remember putting my DS cartridge in in my Game Boy Advance cartridge into the bottom and then transferred the Pokemon from there. The DS ones made it through to the 3DS. The 3DS made it into Pokemon Bank, I believe. The bank transferred over to Pokemon Home. I mean, I've got too many pokemon realistically you might have a pokemon that's older than i am i think i do oh my <laughs> I think god certainly possible holy crap yeah my pokemon um, have been around man i will say one you, thing you kind of to bring it back yes yes poor <laughs> mr pokemon they um, are your elders <laughs> to bring it back to sony all this new handheld stuff that's going on recently, give me a Vita too. I'm begging you, Sony. I want a Vita again. I want another handheld. Yeah. It's tough. They were it's so tough. good. Vita Vita was ahead of its time, maybe? I don't know. I would say so. It just wasn't well supported. That was their problem. Yeah. Yep. Well, there's something to be said about that, though. I mean, play, Sony does such a well job, such a great job with their platform that they have. Why would they try to diverge into two different platforms? Yeah, yeah. And it I, could at the same time that they killed the Vita, they started really asserting themselves into their first-party console games too. Like yeah, I think Freight's got mm-hmm. a point there of like their their business strategy has at. changed a lot. Um, yeah but so has the handheld landscape so yeah yeah and you look at switch too, like nintendo sticking to what they're good at as well and that's like i think i think i'd have to do some some research like i mean the wii was a huge home console success kind of like a crossover hit with different generations and whatnot but i think historically like game boys and ds's have outsold the nintendo home consoles so so to kind of consolidate that and make one that's both and then see the success that nintendo's having i think these guys are all kind of figuring it out you know yeah yeah i think so i i have to agree with that because i mean when i think back on a nintendo console of any kind i think back to a game boy i mean a game boy is a household name for sure yeah when your grandmother calls your switch a game boy you know that the game is a household name yeah or your vita a game boy which i think yeah yeah people probably called vita's game boys more than they called them vitas (laughs) heresy all right back back to some sony news uh colleen you want to hit state of play first general state yeah Yeah, for sure. We'll we'll just kind of speed through it because there was quite a bit to it. Um, yeah, quite a bit and nothing. 
Yeah, nothing like giant. It was it was their Japanese focused state of play. Right. Uh, so it focused on their Japanese developers for the most part. Um, so first off, Capcom revealed the biggest letdown of the show for some people. Not Dino Crisis. It was Exo Primal. <laughs> it's a game with dinosaurs in like a Left 4 Dead style. Um, it's I mean it looks like Left 4 Dead but dinosaurs. Uh, kind of looks fun. I'm gonna admit it looks fun, but we'll see how it rolls out. Um, they had a Ghostwire Tokyo launch trailer. Um, then they announced a new Stranger of Paradise Final Fantasy Origin demo, uh, which this was before both of those released. Um, they showed new gameplay for Forspoken, which I'm very excited for Forspoken. Yeah. This was a day or two after its delay. Um, yeah. so I bet this was in the plans to be like launching in a month, but instead it got delayed. So they just yeah. took that out. Luckily it's the best showing of Forspoken yet. Yeah, I agree. I think it's shaping up to be really cool looking. Um, Tabata, then, I think, is doing Forspoken. Is that right? Oh, I might have that I'm not sure. It's wrong. it's Luminous Productions. It's got mm -hmm. a lot of the people that worked on... I think it. it's the director for Final Fantasy 15. 15, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it's I like Final Fantasy 15. So, um, yep. there was Gundam Evolution... Uh, which is like a Gundam Overwatch looking game. Yeah. It's free to play, uh, from my understanding at least. Uh, there was the, Jake's going to like this, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle, the Kawabunga Collection. <laughs> this was just gigantic for me. Yeah. I'm, I'm not huge on like Ninja Turtles. Well, cool I didn't grow up games. with Ninja Turtles, but there's a lot of game in that game. Yeah. It's, um, it's eight. It's basically eight ninja turtles games and it's it has the one you're thinking of whichever one that is if that makes sense yeah um i have been gaming for a long time but i wasn't always on the cutting edge like i am now so when i was a kid it was a lot of licensed stuff so i played like i was just super into ninja turtles and power rangers and i think i played every ninja turtle and power ranger game that came out all the way back to the you know black and white green and white game boy days and those games are included on it so it's a really yeah. comprehensive collection and a total surprise especially with the impending uh Ninja shredder's revenge already announced yeah called? which looks fantastic obviously yeah and this is gonna wet the whistle before that comes out which is pretty exciting uh really looking yeah. forward to some of those and revisiting i mean it's got the classic ninja turtles arcade game it's got turtles in time from the super nintendo it's got some of those deep cut ones like uh something mutants take manhattan i want to say is the name of like ninja turtles 3 for the nes which is like one of the three nes games i have left from my childhood that i didn't trade into gamestop when i was a kid to buy like fucking game isn't that a shame though getting rid of all those yeah. old games and you just wish That's, you had them back it's such a it's such a double-edged sword that concept comes up more often than you'd think and i think i've i think i've settled on like i have forced myself to make peace with that and this is how i do so when I was a kid, I didn't have disposable income. I mean, my parents, credit to them, treated me to, you know, a decent amount of video games, and I was uh, lucky enough to have that. But as far as, like, making my own decisions, if it wasn't my birthday or a holiday or I think if I, fail, if I failed the math test, I wasn't getting the new game that I wanted. And the only way that I would be able to get those games that I experienced, there are so many things I would have missed out on if it wasn't for me ditching those games. So every yeah. decision that I made to get myself to the place that I am today and to be a fan of the franchises that I've been a fan of for as long as I have been was worth it. 
is yeah. I think yeah. a, a good way to, sure. to wrestle with that idea that. because in reality yeah I'd probably rather have those games I'd be sitting on a fucking fortune <laughs> <laughs> see I just got rid of all my PS2 games and they're not valuable but uh, I just wish I had them for nostalgia's sake yeah for sure um, uh, but then continuing we had Kaiju Brawler Gigabash uh, it's like oh. a top down 4v4 uh, or maybe it's just four player. It's mm-hmm. it's a game where you play Godzillas and fight each other in a city. Yeah, look cool. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I bet it would make like a good beat, like a one off stream or something like that. Yeah. Uh, there's JoJo's Bizarre Adventure fighting game. Um, yep. It's JoJo's All Star Battle R. Uh, yeah. So it is a remaster of the PS3 game um which you know if you're a jojo fan and a fighting game fan that uh, yeah. seems cool do your poses uh, jojo poses isn't that a thing yeah 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 jo- jojo's very iconic um there was a new trailer for trek to yomai which is yeah. it's like a 2d uh uh kurisawa did i say that right this time i said it wrong last time um good enough people know what you mean yeah black and white uh like japanese this is a cool fighting video game, game. It looks really cool. Yeah. Um, gives me like inside mixed with Ghost of Tsushima vibes. Um, could be completely wrong in that, but that's kind of the vibes that it gives me. Um, super, yeah. super cool looking game. Um, then moving on to my favorite thing, a freaking Returnal DLC. A free, well, I would, it's not even a DLC. It's an update. It's a free update to Returnal that yeah. adds co-op and a challenge mode called the, called the Tower of Sisyphus. Mm-hmm. Um, so in like Greek mythology, the Tower of Sisyphus is like a endless tower. So naturally, this is a challenge mode where they're just endlessly climbing the tower. Um, I haven't actually played it yet. I've been meaning to play it. I need to hop into the co-op to see how that plays. But the good news is, uh, later on we'll talk more about it, but... Returnal's coming to PlayStation Plus uh, Deluxe. No. What's the middle tier Premium called? standard? Pre- we'll we'll get there. We'll get there. Awful. Yeah. Extra, extra. That's oh it. God. Yeah, it's tough. Um, Square Enix then announced the new strategy RPG uh, called The Diofield Chronicles. They wanted this one very to be... excited for that one. Yeah, they yeah. wanted it to be very easily uh, Google searched, so they had to pick such an odd name. Um... But it's like uh, XCOM, but not. I mean, it looks like it plays like XCOM. It's not grid-based like uh, Final Fantasy Tactics, but it is more open. Kind of like you can think of Gears Tactics or, you know, um, uh, XCOM. I lost the word there for a second. Uh, And then Valkyrie Elysium. Kingdom Battle. Yeah, yeah. Mario, (laughs) Mario Rabbids, yeah. Um, speaking of which, we haven't heard about that second game in quite a while. This year, allegedly. Early announcement. Still? Ubisoft mm. style. Yeah, naturally. Um, and then the last one, which some people, a lot of people were excited for, was Valkyrie Elysium. Uh, it kind of looks like Nier Combat, almost. I know we've mentioned Nier already this episode. Um, looks really cool. Um, it kind of has like that washed out look that uh, Babylon's Fall had recently, so I'm not sure about that. But yeah, it is a... It's a follow-up. I don't really know if it's a direct sequel, but it's a the next game in the Valkyrie Profile series, uh, which the last mainline entry for this was back in 2006 on the PS2. Um, yeah. So there's lots of people excited for this, I believe. Um, and I'm definitely going to be playing this. It looks right up my alley. Um, yeah. But 
that's you had me all at Square of the Enix JRPG. Yeah, yeah. Well, you have two of these here. Except one of them's a uh, like a tactical RPG, strategy yeah. RPG. Yeah. It it was a good showing. People got their hopes up for it naturally because when they said Japanese, everyone thought Final Fantasy sixteen. I Guilty, did too. Man. Where the fuck is Final uh, Fantasy sixteen? I don't know, man. They got to show something. I was soon. waiting the entire show. That game is. Sorry to make this a Final Fantasy sixteen conversation, but <laughs> I tend to do this. Uh, it's okay. That game looked so. It came out of the blue, and they mm -hmm. showed it, and it looked like it was going to be a CG cutscene. Just, you know, hey, it's in the title trailer. Yeah. 16's in development. And then, like, during that PlayStation 5 showcase, it had, like, gameplay. It looked so much gameplay. further along than so many of the things that we looked at. And I was so excited. And now it's just been radio silence for, like, pushing two years, more than a year for sure, uh, of nothing. Yeah. And it's, it's always tough with those Square Enix games because, especially with something that has Final Fantasy in the name, I think the whole world is waiting with bated breath for remake part two after being you know strung along here for remake part one yeah. having that only be a fraction of the game and obviously everything is contingent they're not going to drop you know listen 16 is not going to come out in october and then seven remake two in november you know it's going to yeah. be another period of time until this so i i wonder what the plan is behind the scenes i i don't i don't know but and I'd you like know i can't help but when i when we saw that gameplay it looked good but it looked incomplete or incomplete yeah. right um it was a little rough around the edges uh the graphics themselves weren't looking that good For and sure. i'm gonna be honest i think i think cyberpunk when it came out it scared a lot of developers and mm. i think it really pushed developers to hold on to their games longer and work on them longer uh, yeah. which i'm all for it sucks and to wait but it's to good take that to another level it's uh naoki yoshida is the director of Final Fantasy 16, whose previous work is, or current work, is fixing the abomination that was 1.0 of Final Fantasy yep. 14. So yeah. he just put out Endwalker at the end of last year, the fourth expansion to that third, third fourth expansion to that game, uh, and is you know credited with rescuing a game that came out too early and came out unfinished. So there's mm -hmm. a there's a lot of that playing into that, you know, that whole situation with 16. So um, yeah. I think they and need he, a win for numbered Final Fantasies as well because 15 being the last one is a pretty divisive game. I'm a big 15 defender, and there's not many of us out there. Freight, where do you stand on 15? Oh, absolutely a defender. Nice. Yeah. Me, as well. me as well. Me as well. Okay, I won't say it's the best. You'll know what I'm talking about. We're not going to spoil. I wouldn't say it's the best ending in Final Fantasy games, but it is the best final moment in Final Fantasy games. Mm. You know what I'm saying, speaking about? Yeah, I I could agree with that. I mean, it was a it was a great final like chapter, final moment. I think is a good way to put it. Yeah, um, it does. A, it does a yeah, thing where it sticks. It's, sort of its yeah, it does a thing where it sticks its landing in a very unique way. Um, yeah. I think fifteen is far enough away. It's the it's the only Final Fantasy game that has like an ending and a climax that sticks to the words Final Fantasy. Which is a very interesting thing, and it does this thing where at the very... Eh, I won't do it. I won't do it. I've gone too far already. <laughs> yeah. And Tune into my Twitch chat and ask me about the Final Fantasy fifteen ending, and I'll spoil it there, but it's too good to give away here in specifics. Yeah. It definitely yeah. was heartbreaking. 
I, I will put it that way and not not in a bad way like it, it was a great yeah. ending uh yeah it, but yeah yeah i won't say anymore <laughs> mm-hmm. good game good game but um good game yeah. everybody agrees <laughs> i think so everyone everyone on this podcast at least and if if you're not if you don't agree and you're listening to this podcast uh uh, let us know put in, in the, the put it in the comments. Put it in the comments, yeah. <laughs> All right, from PlayStation News, we're going to transition into PlayStation News um, because peppered throughout this entire thing, uh, this entire month was a, a just slow trickle of PlayStation information. So let's hop no into... I'll get... Colleen, Colleen has been digging into playstation stuff all month i'll take the i'll take the head on the next bit of information we'll dig into hogwarts legacy which is honestly in the video game world a pretty fucking sensitive subject these days um obviously there's a ton of criticism that the franchise itself that it's based off of gets and it is all completely warranted and you know we're not here to defend anybody that's for fucking sure because the things that this woman has said are absolutely fucking abysmal but um the game itself speaking from strictly that standpoint looks pretty fucking good (laughs) like i think i don't think anybody was really expecting to see this game in its current state and be as technically impressed with it as they were which was a pleasant surprise i mean Say what you will about the state of it now in those reviews for that new Fantastic Beasts, which is apparently a hot fucking mess. Um, Hogwarts Legacy is delivering on, I think, what a lot of kids dreamed a Harry Potter game could be. You're unleashed in this magical world. You have free reign over Hogwarts and its winding halls, and you can go to Hogsmeade, and it looks like you might be able to play Quidditch. You can definitely fly around on a broom and explore all types of stuff. Um, what did you guys think of the gameplay footage? I think it's the most excited I've been for anything Harry Potter related. Yeah. I, it, it was fantastic. I mean, the game, yeah. the gameplay looks great. Yeah. I mean, yeah. graphically sound, it's obviously tough to tell how it plays, but there was gameplay showcased. I think the fact that, I'm not sure how open the the grounds are around Hogwarts outside of like the open environments of Hogwarts itself, but there was footage of flying around on a broom, which looked pretty satisfying as well. All in all, it looks like a third person action RPG that is going to be a blast to explore and play. There's a lot of things that really surprised me from it. Everything from, you know, standard stuff like the combat and the magic system, but they had the room of requirement where there's like a little bit of a base building element peppered into it as well. I think the surprise of getting off of the Hogwarts grounds and actually being able to go to Hogsmeade is pretty impressive. I think this game has quite a bit to offer and it's yeah. on the schedule for 2022. And, um, you know, I will... S- oh, I'm sorry. No, no, go ahead. Um... It's made by, it's being developed by Avalanche Games. Um, if you don't know any of their past projects, you can think of the Just Cause series, uh, which is a very large departure. Um, they also helped co-develop Rage 2, uh, the Mad Max game, and That's Generation a- Zero. Um, okay. So they have some stinkers in there, um, but I will say all around, uh, they do a really good job at just environments. Yeah. Um, I've not explored one of their games that I didn't think the environment was super interesting. Um, and I think them creating a environment within Harry Potter 
is very interesting to me, very appealing. Um, For sure. And I, I'm super excited to see what they've got to offer us because I, I like that studio. I think they'd make great work sometimes. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's uh, I'm, I'm excited to see them back in a, a good view again. Yeah, I think um, it's easy to look at this game and I think make comparisons to a lot of like existing franchises that are out there. One thing that I really couldn't get over the whole time that I was watching it, especially like the outdoor gameplay is this game gives me fable vibes in such a big way. And I don't know if I've ever felt that from another Harry Potter game. And as I think about it, the fable universe is kind of similar, but another no Harry Potter games in the past have kind of captured that same thing, but it seems like such a natural Mm -hmm. Um, comparison to make, to be honest, but yeah. And well, I, I will also mention it's it's not being solely developed by Avalanche, but they are they're helping with Port Key Games, which I believe is like a studio specifically for Harry Potter stuff. Um, I've never seen anything else Port Key Games, but it's also yeah, like I a think Warner. They, I think they've been involved with like what was the AR game for oh, Harry Potter? God, that's kind of like remember. Pokemon Go. It sucks. Yeah, I don't remember what that was called. Uh, and it's also Warner Brothers games. Um, they're yep. like uh, uh, publishing it and whatnot. So it's it's very promising, and I'm very excited for it. And it's also coming to Switch, which is very interesting. I wonder if that'll be one of those ports that's just a fucking nightmare to play. It's got to be one of the cloud ones, right? That would probably make sense. I don't think that's been officially announced, but I can't see how they're going to pull off what I'm seeing on screen right now. Yeah. Has anybody Switch ever played one of those cloud games? No. Uh, I played that Kingdom Hearts demo. It was abysmal, but that I think is an outlier. From what I hear, some of those some of those games can be okay, okay, cloud wise. But okay. spend it on internet, and I think it takes away from what I, I just. I think the cloud games are for a very specific type of person, somebody that's playing their Switch docked more often than not, or in places with Wi-Fi and stable Wi-Fi. I feel like. When I break out my Switch in portable mode, it's because I'm like in a car or in a plane where there isn't Wi-Fi steadily available. Yeah. So it kind of out... I don't know. The The alternative seems like just play it on the console that's plugged in next to it more often than not, which is going to yeah. be the better move for sure. Yeah. But all right. From two batches of Sony news to an additional batch of Sony news. Possibly the on. biggest batch, maybe? Yeah. Listen... Colleen did some deep investigative journalism on what's up with PlayStation Plus. Um, it's on you, buddy. Good luck. I was going to say hire me IGN, but I saw a tweet recently where they paid 20 bucks per article. And like, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll pass IGN. I saw that. <laughs> up to um, 50. And- oh, it's it's actually up to 300 if it's like a giant piece or multi, whatever. But... Multi-sourced investigative journalism. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think this counts as multi-source investigative journalism? Probably not. I think so. Um, pretty much what I did here is I did math. This stream <laughs> um, brought to you by IGN. I'll continue. Yeah. Yeah. And Jeff Keighley. Don't forget Jeff Obviously. Keighley. Obviously. Um, the show. So I, I do want to start this off by saying um, PlayStation unveiled their revamped PlayStation Plus. It has been rumored for a while. I think we've spoken probably once per episode recently yeah. of... Hey, uh, when is Project Spartacus going to be announced? Because that's what it was called. Um, I think I think journalists specifically did a bad job covering this. Um, I think 
all the rumors, they said, oh, they're working on a Game Pass competitor. And I don't see this as a Game Pass competitor. Um, I, I can see how there are similarities, but I Sony never billed it as a Game Pass competitor themselves, right? Yeah, yeah. And it's... I don't think it is. I don't think it truly reaches the le- level to compete. But give us, the, give us the brass tacks on like yeah what they gave us for information. Yeah, so they broke down and they gave us three different tiers, or four if you're in a region that doesn't have PS Now. Um, streaming capabilities, but there is PlayStation Essential. So PlayStation Essential is essentially, um, do you like what I did there? Uh, It's essentially the exact same thing that PlayStation Plus is now. You get your two monthly downloadable games, exclusive discounts, cloud storage, online multiplayer access, and it's it's the exact same. Um, I will say some people are mad where it says two games, um, but it wasn't until just recently that they started giving more than two games per month. Yeah. Uh, that started right when the PS5 released, and now people are so used to it, they're mad that at some point right. it's going to go back down to two. Yep. Um, so that is the exact same thing that we have now for the exact same price, $10 a month or $60 yearly. There's PlayStation Extra. So Extra is the second tier. Extra provides all of the benefits from Essential, the first tier, and then it adds a catalog of up to 400 of the most enjoyable PS4 and PS5 games. Um, the wording there is in- insane. Why um, but pretty much, sky's the limit. I know, up right? To, You're up getting to 800. <laughs> I know. Yeah, just they, uh, they should have said a minimum number. I think instead yeah. of a maximum number. Um, but it adds a catalog of up to 400, and the 400 also has an asterisk by it, so that can be changed at any time, right? Um, so, including blockbuster hits from our PlayStation Studios catalog and third-party partners, uh, games in extra tier are downloadable for play. So, when you look at this tier, you see PS4 and PS5 games, a giant library. Would you guys say 400 is a giant library? I would say so. Yeah. Um, it's so many games. It's, it's a lot of games. Um, so, all of those are downloadable. None of those are, are streaming, right? And from the wording, from the wording, you can't stream on this tier. You can't stream games on this tier. You can only download them. Um, So that is the essential plus 400 games for $14.99 a month or $99 yearly. So that's the same monthly cost as Xbox Game Pass Ultimate, uh, but less yearly cost because they give you like the deal if you get the whole year. Um, and we'll compare it more to Game Pass in a minute, just for reference. Uh, and then there's the top tier, PlayStation Plus Premium. It provides all the benefits of the other tier, plus up to 340 additional games, consisting of PS3 games via cloud streaming, original PlayStation games, PS2 games, and PSP games, available in both streaming and download options. So, from my understanding of that, that means that they are either downloadable, the PS1, 2, and 3, I'm sorry, PS1, 2, and Vita games are either downloadable or streamable. I don't know if all of the 1, 2, and 3 game, or I keep saying 1, 2, 3, the 1, 2, and PSP games will be downloadable. I imagine there will be a selection of certain ones that you can download. 
but well, we don't know that yet. It has not been confirmed. Um, let's see. It also involves limited time game trials that will be offered. Uh, so customers can try select games before they buy. So my interpretation of this isn't that it's going to be demos like we already have locked behind paywalls. My interpretation of this is you're just going to download a game and have it's going to have like a three hour timer on that timer, game. Yeah. Yep. Um, and then after that, you won't be able to play it unless you buy it. So I, I like that. I like that I could possibly download any game and just play it for a couple hours to see if I like it or not. Um, so that is $17.99 a month, $18, or $120 yearly. So that's all that broken down. And then there's PlayStation Plus Deluxe in select markets without streaming capabilities. Yep. Uh, they will offer all of the benefits of premium except for the PS3 games at a lower price, but they do not say the price because it is varying by market. Um, so that's a lot to take in. It's, it's a lot of fine print. Um, but to dial it down, there's essential, which is what we have now extra, which is what we have now, plus 400 games to download of PS4 and PS5 Yep. and premium, which is what we have now, those 400 games plus 300 or so other games from even farther back generations. Yep. Um, so I was like, you know, everyone seems super let down by this. Everyone was expecting... PlayStation games, day one. See, I, I thought so too at first until I ran the numbers, okay? So I ran some numbers, and this is going to be a lot of num just numbers spit out. So Crunch them. Yeah. So we are comparing Game Pass Ultimate with PlayStation Plus Premium, the two highest tiers that you can get. And I'm not making this comparison to say one is better than the other. I'm just making this comparison to give you a frame of reference because evidently everyone loves Game Pass. So the monthly cost of Game Pass Ultimate is $15. The monthly cost of PlayStation Plus Premium is $18. But if you buy Premium with a year subscription, you get it for $120 versus a year of ultimate being 180. So you're going to save some money there if you buy it per if year. If you go annually, you're going to save. Yeah. So I looked into the Game Pass Ultimate catalog for the games on Game Pass, um, specifically on the Xbox. There are eight duplicate games um, that are, say, Mass Effect from the Xbox 360 and Mass Effect Legendary Edition. So I counted that as a duplicate. Um, and there are 65 games from previous generations, whether it be Xbox or Xbox 360 offered on uh, Game Pass. So while there are 65 previous gen games on Xbox Game Pass, on PlayStation Plus Premium, there are 340. So yeah. that's a quite a big difference there a lot more past gen uh support on premium but again we're not taking into account just backwards compatibility that you get from xbox anyways for sure um for the current gen there were 388 games on xbox game pass ultimate we're considering current gen xbox one and series consoles and ps4 That's, and ps5 they've basically combined those so yeah, more or less. Um, do the same. 
Yeah, so current gen for Xbox is 388. Current gen for PlayStation Plus Premium is 400. Um, so it's more there as well. And then the total games available for Xbox is 453. For PlayStation is 740. Um, so then I broke it down just into games per dollar if you're paying per month. So you're getting 32, 30.2 games per dollar per month with Game Pass if you pay per month. For PlayStation Plus Premium, you're getting 41.1 games per month if you're paying per month. Uh, of an edge. Yeah. If you're paying in year with a year, like if you're buying a year of, pre of Xbox Game Pass Ultimate or if you're buying a year yep. of PlayStation Plus Premium, since you get the yearly deal, uh, games per dollar per year on Game Pass is two and a half. Games per dollar per year on PS Plus Premium is 6.2. All right. Old gen, yeah, old gen games per dollar per year is 0.36 on Xbox, and it is 2.8 on PlayStation Plus Premium. That's, that's and, staggering, and honestly, maybe the most important stat of all of those because mm -hmm. of how big of a difference there is and how important to i guess i don't know if i'm the average consumer here but i like the retro stuff i like the ability to go back and play a bigger catalog yeah and and like for me specifically you know i have to do it if sly cooper is one of these games <laughs> that i'm offering which i know it will I just be saw free train die on stream <laughs> it's worth it i would pay 200 dollars a year to play sly cooper on my console um yeah and then current games per dollar per year is 2.2 .2 on ultimate and 3.3 .3 on premium so i i say that i break it down because when when the news broke everyone was like this is expensive and i'm not getting anything for it but when you do the math you're getting actually quite a bit more on yeah. playstation plus premium than you are on game pass the, the uh, problem I think that most people have and that the argument would be to all the math and whatnot is there's only so many hours in the day. I can't play all of these games, but it speaks more so to the variety of options that you have that you're paying for via the service. And, and I, I'll get, I'll get to my, my point on why I think the public reception is bad. Um, but there are a couple things that don't really equate to dollar value very well that I would like to bring up. Uh, Game Pass Ultimate, you get PC games. You don't get PC games on PlayStation Plus Premium. Uh, for streaming, you have access to xCloud on Xbox Game Pass, but you have to stream the PS3 games on Ultimate or on, on Premium. Yep. For monthly free games, you get those for both. You get discounts uh, for both of them. Yep. You only get EA game trials on Game Pass Ultimate because of their EA Play deal yeah. or whatever. Yep. Rolled in. Um, we don't know the full extent of what the game trials will be for PlayStation. First party day one, yes on Ultimate, uh, no on PlayStation. And then third party day one for Ultimate, sometimes. Uh, <laughs> and we don't know yet for premium, but I would imagine so. Do you want to finish um, your spiel or should we dig into maybe the biggest difference in the catalyst of this conversation probably uh well i i know what the biggest catalyst is um but i i i i think the reason um 
the reception is so bad. And I think the reason they tried to rebrand from PlayStation Now is just because when PlayStation Now came out, they had such a hard time marketing it and they've had such a hard time uh, distancing themselves from that marketing. And I think they're having a hard time now because of the way people reported on this before it was announced. Yeah. Um, no, we're not getting the day one first party games. Um, but if I'm going to be honest, I don't care about 90% of the Xbox day one first party games and they come yeah. a lot less often than PlayStations do. Um, yeah. Let me ask. Yeah. Freight. Where, where do you stand just like factually? Are you an Xbox and a PlayStation owner? I I own the current gen of PlayStation. I do not own the current generation of Xbox. Yep. Um, but I am a diehard Xbox fan. Do you have a Xbox um, uh, One? I do have an Xbox One. The only okay. reason I have not bought the current generation is for the, There's no the reason that Colleen just mentioned <laughs> is just because they have Game Pass on the computer. So I have no reason Absolutely. to buy. So yeah. Freight and I are in the exact same boat. I want a Series X. I don't need a Series X. I, yeah. Everything that's come out for Series X has either been available on my PC or on Xbox One so far. And mm -hmm. I think from like a consumer standpoint, it's worth noting that I'm a piece of human garbage that's obsessed with subscriptions and I'm going to end up with whatever the maximum one is that I can't remember the name of. And I'll have both of these right off the jump. However, yeah. with Xbox... I think the, the difference with Xbox Game Pass and this PlayStation Plus thing is that PlayStation Plus just somehow took an already complicated system or two complicated systems and combined them to one complicated system and Game Pass has forward has has put on the on the you know forefront here simplification. It's all this stuff. That's fair. It's wherever you need it, it's wherever you want it, and it's all of it. If the game comes out it's yours. If it's Microsoft property, it's yours. You want to play it on Series X? Go ahead. You want to play it on Xbox One? You're welcome to. You want to get it on PC? Probably an option. It, it or on your phone. Life. Yeah, honestly, xCloud, you want to get it on your laptop, you know, at your mom's house. You can do that as long as your internet's halfway decent. To be fair, you can also do that on your phone on PlayStation. Uh, right. by true. For some, for some Remote games. play. That's true. Um, but nonetheless, I think the, the thing to circle back on is day one, day one exclusives. And I get that there is a difference in, I mean, quality. I don't know if it's like necessarily quality because Xbox puts out some bangers. Forza Horizon 5 is a blast. Halo Infinite, for all of its faults, is a good first party offering from Microsoft. But Sony has, you know, drawn a line in the sand and said, our big budget first party titles are not coming to this service, which it's really tough to Colleen's point about why they're struggling to market this thing when the first thing that everybody looks at is not what you're offering, it's what you're not offering. That's a tough Also, thing. just an asterisk to that, um, they're not coming day one, but they are coming. Yeah. There will be first party stuff, just not day one. I imagine it'll be like a year out, they'll add it a yeah. or something along yeah. those lines. And in the long run, I think despite being overall probably unsatisfied like the vast majority of consumers even even with all of the information and all of the value that i see there as a gamer i'm in i'm gonna buy it 
I'm just slightly less happy about it than I thought I would be, but I see the correlation and as much as I'm disappointed in it, I understand what they're going for as well. And what I've basically sort of thought about on how I process this in my head is that Microsoft has created game pass, which is becoming the Netflix of gaming and PlayStation is taking the Disney plus route. Netflix has exclusive. It has movies that come out, that are only available on Netflix, by all means. Disney Plus has things that come out that are only for Disney Plus as well, but they're still banking on these gigantic franchises like Spider-Man, like Avengers, yeah. like you know Marvel box properties office. that still go to theaters. And nobody, nobody wags a finger at them for that mm-hmm. because the content that they're creating is worth it. And Sony let's be honest, they have Microsoft beat with that. They have franchise on top of franchise and game on top of game that they know they can flex because suckers like me don't want to wait. I, yep. as, as easy as it would be to wait until December of this year to watch Dr. Strange on Disney plus I pre-ordered tickets today so I can go see it and be a part of the conversation and get in on it on day one, you know? Yeah. And that's not to say I'm not excited for, you know, Forza 9 or whatever the fuck the next Forza Motorsport game <laughs> is, but I know it's going to be there for me on day one, and it's something that I maybe wouldn't go out and purchase at full price, and Microsoft kind of knows that. They know that yeah. they're probably going to play catch-up, and I get that there's, again, more asterisks, more complication. Microsoft has Bethesda now, so, you know, Elder Scrolls, and there's a bunch of games that are going to be technically first-party titles that come to Game Pass, and this conversation will change and evolve as time goes on, and they'll all have to adapt to each other. But in the long run, as much as Sony is getting knocked, I see what they're going for as well, and they, they fucking got me. <laughs> and And I got to say... In the end, it I think it really comes down to Xbox is backed by Microsoft's wallet, and mm-hmm. I don't see a... I mean, they're loss-leading on Game Pass. I, I can't see a way that they're making money on Game Pass. Of all of the, the deals that they're having to make with third-party publishers and their, their day-one games going straight to Game Pass, I don't see how they're making a true profit off of it. Um, yeah. The answer is they're making uh, they just, a tiny bit of profit, if not, but they're getting people into the ecosystem. Yeah, see, that's the thing. I, I think they're loss-leading just to get people into the ecosystem, I, but I, I don't think that it... Green Kool-Aid. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just it's not delicious. something that Sony could make happen because they don't have that kind of money backing them, you know? Like, Xbox would have went under if it was a singular company. If it weren't a Microsoft company, I don't think they would have made it this far. They well, they would also had different business strategy, though. They, I, I mean, maybe, but if they made all the same decisions that they made with the Xbox One generation and they weren't backed by Microsoft, I don't know if we'd be seeing an Xbox Series X. I just, they took such a loss, they had to do something. They had to do something radical, and that's where Game Pass came from. And it works. Game Pass is awesome. You know, I, I'm a Sony guy, but... If more people are playing games, that's great. You know, yeah. I gaming is my favorite hobby ever, and I want more people to experience that. So yeah. I think it's awesome. Um, well, and I, I to that point though, I think that's a big problem with the PlayStation Plus plan that they're coming out with because, you know, talking about not having the these new games day one, whereas Xbox Game Pass does, that's a huge problem, and the fact that. You know, everybody wants to play the game when it's hot. 
they want to play it the day it comes out. They want to play it with their friends who are going to beat the game well before I get access to the game because I don't have enough money or disposable income to buy a $60 or $70, apparently, as prices seem to be going up, yeah. a brand new game as soon as it comes out, not to mention a handful of games that all come out mm-hmm. in the same month. Whereas with the plan, you could pay $16, $20, whatever, and get access to day one on Game Pass, whereas PlayStation's not going to let you do that. You're going to have to wait a whole year, and nobody's going to want to play it anymore at that point because, oh, well, this game just came out. Why the hell would I go back and play this with you? Yep. Well, I, 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 don't know, I don't know if I would call it a problem just because this wasn't a an issue until people were like we're gorging on it right like before game pass nobody was mad that a new game came out and they couldn't play it for 15 dollars a month right um and like realistically if you want to play new games for cheap every time use gamefly gamefly sponsor me um (laughs) (laughs) but um i I, I just think like people being upset at PS Plus Premium is outrageous based on the value. Yeah. I, I think that I, I think that people I think with numbers and facts and the numbers and facts show that PS Plus Premium is good. It may not be Game Pass, but the only reason it's not Game Pass is because of that first party yeah. day one and i think there's a lot of like the video game community as a whole we're probably all three guilty of it and i think a lot of like uh the way the conversations on the internet go people like to it's like this isn't it's not water or food like if you don't like it you don't have to fucking buy it like you can yeah. just you can just fuck off about it but yeah, everybody's yeah. everybody's got something to say and it's not a good deal and they feel like they feel like I don't know, maybe maybe I've just had this, like, epiphany of, like, I'm a self-admitted, like, consumerist monster. Like, if you market it at me enough, and if it's got bright and flashy lights, I'll pay money to go see it in theaters. And if it's got a title that's based off of a franchise that I'm interested in, I'll go play it for the yeah. most reasonable way that I can access it. If that's subscribing to Game Pass so that I can play Halo, so be it. If it's because... Jesus, why did Last of Us 3 just pop into my head? You you get this one, Colleen. If Last of Us 3 is only available for $70 for PlayStation 5 and not available on the streaming service, I'm just going to go fucking buy it. And I know that that's a problem and it's not an option for many people and I know that it's yeah. probably not the standard. But, like, these are all wants, not needs. So the fact that yeah. there are people that are so divided that we need to go and jump through these hoops to bring the information and to look at it in different ways is frankly disappointing. Yeah. <laughs> um, and- I wish that more people would just, you know, I don't know. I mean, you're, everyone's entitled to have an opinion and we all three do here. And I, I do as well. I'm honestly underwhelmed. I am whelmed by the offerings but in the long run i'm just you know looking for different ways to obtain my games like let me play those three yeah. and clank games they're stuck on the playstation 3 right now and i i more or less i i wasn't underwhelmed or overwhelmed by this n- new release at all because i mean it's what i expected right mm. um i kept my expectations in check and i I don't know. I, it sounds dumb, but it's like I know what I knew what Sony was gonna do, right? Like yeah. they're not gonna put their games day one. Um, and it, 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 I think it's this 
right here, I don't know what about it is more attractive to me than paying for PlayStation Plus and PlayStation Now separately. But there's something there that's like, I got to get that, right? Um, maybe it is just the fact that there are tiers. And me being me, I always want the best thing, you know? So since it's not two separate products, it's one product with different tiers, it, it entices people to pay for yeah. the best thing there is. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, aside, I, I, I don't know. I think they are good solutions to for gamers who can't buy every game yeah you might have to wait a little longer for playstation um but you're still getting that stuff and and the thing is like people still love playstation games years after they release because they put out what god of war and horizon on pc recently and they sold millions right yeah so there's an audience there for later releases it might suck but if it's your only option it's still a pretty good option um and i i think game pass is awesome you know, I'm not a subscriber to Game Pass because I don't play my Xbox very much. Um, but yeah, I think it's PC. awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And I. The, the good news is that there's 25 million people that are, which is a staggering yeah. number. And from my limited research, i.e., Googling things on my other monitor just now, it looks like there are 3.2 million believers in PlayStation now currently which means that PlayStation Plus number, rolling it in and offering tiers, is probably going to make that grow exponentially. But it's Microsoft gonna jump. has a really big lead. So it'll be interesting mm -hmm. to see how this plays out for sure. Um, and I still think I'm, it has a lot of value. And yeah. all, in all honesty, I mean, being a, a green Kool-Aid person drinking from the Xbox <laughs> you know, fountain, I sure. mean, the, 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 new, the new plan definitely has some value to it. I mean, the, the numbers that Colleen spouted, spouted, you know, how many games you get per dollar... And the amount of nostalgia that you get out of it That's on how point. far back that library goes. I mean, there's a lot of, there's a lot to be said and a lot of value there. Without a doubt. Um, yeah. It just, for me, I mean, wanting to play things as it comes out, it, it is about what is it missing in yeah. those day ones. But. Yeah. And I imagine it will be missing the first party day ones but i totally see them doing the third party day ones like uh weird west you know i see them adding games like that day one um if their subscribers get high enough and they see that it makes sense um sure um and and playstation's really good about working with developers you know they they make investments within developers all the time um and i, I i'm hopeful for it and and also one thing is like people are always saying like uh ps now doesn't have any good games on it but i don't know if you guys have ever looked through that catalog it is jam-packed with I'll awesome games now subscriber dude <clears throat> yeah and like they just added outer wilds the twist at the end i've had it all along you have yeah oh my god and you and haven't played sly cooper on I stream it on my pc no <sighs> all right Let's let's spin oh this God. negativity into some more negativity. You guys down to move on? Uh, yeah, yeah. It's a good. Is it's it a, more negative than that. It's good. Well, wait till I tell you about what fucking the ESA is oh, over the last yes. couple of years. <laughs> Listen, yeah. I'll make this quick. We got a long podcast going. We got a little bit more to get to, but E three twenty twenty two has been canceled and allegedly will be back in twenty twenty three. Not happening. And I don't think anyone cares anymore. I, I get that we're no. through 
that heyday, but uh, PlayStation led the charge on getting out while the going was good and doing their yep. own thing. And truly, all that E3 has become is an umbrella for individual publishers to promote their stuff during a single time frame. Keeley has spoken and decided that that can happen whenever they want under his own umbrella. That doesn't require a monetary fee to get in and buy yep. yourself awards. Now I know what you're yep. thinking. What do you mean, buy myself awards? <laughs> These motherfuckers. I'm going to give you the short version, but for almost the entire time of E3, it's worth noting that Kyle Bosman on Delayed Input has an E3 episode that goes over this and is one of the most fascinating watches that you could possibly have. I highly recommend checking it out. But the Game Critic Awards are something that happened all the way up through 2019 via E3. If you look at the fine print, the ESA, which is the, the brilliant minds and the business behind E3, uh, allegedly have no affiliation with E3. So the Game Critic Awards are completely separate. However, they only exist once a year at the end of E3 to give away E3 awards. And throughout the years, they offered tons and tons of different awards to people so they could slap stickers on their boss boxes. Uh, that came to an end in 2020, and we got the official E3 awards, which are just calling a spade a spade. And E3 awards are an absolute nightmare. There are only two legitimate categories those categories are overall most anticipated game which last year went to forza horizon 5 and best presentation which last year went to microsoft and xbox bethesda game studios both make sense after that you've got another category called most anticipated but most anticipated is broken down by company so the awards that were given out were to capcom Capcom's most anticipated E3 award is for their very own game, The Great Ace Attorney. Gearbox Software got a most anticipated award for Tiny Tina's Wonderlands. Freedom Games got one for Airborne Kingdom. Woo, Eureka Studios game, game. got play. their most anticipated award for Loopmancer, everyone's favorite. What I mean to say here is that the problem with E3 is not the games or the excitement that's not what's being canceled here. It's video game developers realizing that they're being taken advantage of by another business and that they don't have to do that any longer. And mm -hmm. as they realize that, and as the public starts to realize that, they begin to pull support and they begin to do their own thing like Sony's done. And it's all coming to a head now. COVID doesn't help. The biggest appeal of E3 from the get-go was the actual trade show itself where people could come and network yep. and play things that they couldn't play. With the advances of modern technology, it seems like it's the last of a dying breed and I hope to see it back in some way because I have such fond memories for it. But E3's nostalgia, the nostalgia you have for the trade show is not technically for the trade show. It's certainly not for the ESA, the company behind it. It's for the games that were announced in the summertime and we're yep. still getting those. So under good british father keely's brand father summer Keely. games fest yeah yeah yeah. look forward uh, to exclusive coverage from gameless next year for yeah exactly we're he's he's gonna fly us out and we're gonna be there in person um but no i i i personally like i've loved e3 growing up i watched like all the presentations and everything um so many of them lackluster but so many of them really good um mm -hmm. but i think honestly instead of going through the ESA, that's just a predatory company that wants to make a dime. 
I think Keeley is the perfect way to go. I mean, Keeley is great at picking and choosing what he wants to show, what he thinks needs to be shown. He's great at finding indie developers that just have amazing games. Um, and I, I think Keeley is one of the best minds in the uh, video game industry. Um, sure. And I got faith in him, man. Uh, after going to uh, the Game Awards and seeing it in person, especially, it was just... I, the games industry is changing. ESA couldn't change with it, but Keeley can. Um, and I'm, I'm really happy with where it's going. Even though E3's dead and that sucks... Um, I never got to go to the trade show, but I got to watch all the presentations and I know Jeff Keeley makes great presentations. Yeah, for sure. Great. You got some fond E3 memories. I, I do. Yeah. I mean, I, I used to love pulling it up on my computer and watching those presentations. Um, I mean, for just sure. like y'all, I always wanted to go, but yeah. it's yeah. one of those things that's, it's difficult to go to. Without so, but yeah. I mean, thinking back to last year with the, the summer game show, I mean, it still has the same feel. It, it yeah. feels the exact same and it's all digital. And, you know, the amount of indie games, which is a big thing that I play, I love playing indie games. I mean, there was just so many and it was, it was fantastic. Yeah. It's yeah. really cool. But it's the, the thing is that it's just the game announcements that we're fond of. And it's the arms are changing. Even, even the yeah. even the E3 presentations of old, where you would tune into a specific E3 channel, and then things would be scheduled out for you, and you'd have like, hey, here's the hands-on with this game from this person that bought this time slot, and that was pumped at you via you know three eight-hour segments of footage that was either live streamed or pre-recorded that they would give to you in one constant stream, and now it's all separated and done by individual conferences but that slowly disappeared those little promotional opportunities that e3 once had to essentially sell ad space time to promote your game to a live audience has dissipated and as they've tried to make moves to yeah fix that issue and make and, that money elsewhere it's just backfired on them and it sucks that you know during presentations now there's ads like for like other things but you have to pay for it somehow and i would much rather burger king run an ad to pay for it than a developer pay for their spot yeah, right for sure um, yeah be so. honest be honest with us don't don't but tell especially me. with indie go ahead especially with indie companies i mean they don't have enough money now as it is i mean they're trying to get the game out through either kickstarter or early access or whatever yeah um they're spending every dime that they've got just to make the game let alone for them to have to pay to say, hey, buy my game so that way I can continue to make great games. Now they can just, you know, they can get that information out there at a cheaper price to them. Yeah. yeah. Which in and, turn helps us. And just don't try to force feed me the fact that Eureka Studios has the most anticipated game in Loopmancer. Because I've never heard of <laughs> I looked that up. I've never seen it before. <laughs> Nobody has. Never. They paid the cash, baby. They paid that money. All right. We are nearly done. We have to look ahead now to next month. Yeah. Let me tell you, starting to get into that uh, late spring, early summer lull. You guys were treated with your Pokemon Legends, your Kirby's, your Elden Rings, your Final Fantasy Origins, and now it's time to shovel the rest of it out over these next couple months before. We what get a great start of the year, though. Oh, truly, one for the history books, one for yeah, the history absolutely. books, but. In the meantime, you've got the opportunity 
to check out some of these fantastic games with gold. So April's uh, <laughs> monthly games for PlayStation Plus, not games with gold. We'll get there. Those are going to be say. shittier. Uh, we have Hood, which is, I guess, a Robin Out- Hood game. You know anything Hood about this? Is- yeah, uh, Hood Outlaws and Legends. It's kind of like a uh, asymmetrical multiplayer game where you're playing against other people. Um, mm-hmm. It actually looks really cool. I was going to buy it when it came out, but I'm glad I waited because I'm going to play it free. now. Along with yeah, SpongeBob. I'm checking it out. Ooh, nice. Um, SpongeBob Battle for Bikini Bottom Rehydrated, which is the remaster of that game from back in the day. Honestly, good free offering. And then Slay the Spire, which is something that I've sunk dozens of hours into. Really good card. Great game. Battler. Yeah, great game super super fun and then we've got what i affectionately refer to as the shit show at the fuck factory <laughs> <laughs> we've got the xbox games with gold all right let's play a game great and colin you guys yeah. hold up hold up <clears throat> your hand and show me as we count off how many of these games you've heard of before i read them off all right another site Hugh, Outpost, Coloki X, MX versus ATV Alive. I'll give you one for MX versus ATV. So we got a zero, a one, and a two. Pretty good. Pretty good, Xbox. Keep it yeah. up. Your games with gold are incredible, but Xbox you know, Live. Uh, low key, the MX versus ATV games were some of my favorite games on the PS2. Yeah, those used to but... be really good. They it's such an interesting pattern. The developers behind that used to do ATV Off Road Fury for the PS2, yes. which was like yes. so dope. They pumped out four, oh. of them. and at the same time, they started developing MX Unleashed, which yeah. was also very good. It was like the MX uh-huh. answer to ATV. Then they started making the MX versus ATV. MX series. versus ATV. Yeah, and those there were some oh. gems in there. Definitely some good. So good. Mess around racing. Yeah. Um, but that brings us to our very last segment of the show and I am we've had so many new releases and this month we only have five really to look forward to we're recording this on April 6th which means yesterday brought upon the release of Lego Star Wars the Skywalker Saga now listen we've had 24 hours to check it out we're not going to talk about it in depth especially with such a little amount of stuff that's coming out next month you gotta look forward yeah. to Game List May subscribe this. to hear this, more yeah subscribe right now uh lego star wars the skywalker saga april uh april 5th mm. it's fucking awesome what a game what it's a so game awesome. it's so it's good so awesome. all right tomorrow april 7th is oh wait wait no i'm skipping something i'm skipping something mlb the show 22 came out yesterday as well um i'm not a baseball guy i'm not a sports game guy really anymore but if you like baseball this is the one to play and it's out on game pass this sony game yeah so um little insight to that it's a it's developed by san diego studios which is owned by playstation and it's a day one game pass game the reason being is to license the mlb like license uh there was an agreement to get it out on more platforms, which led to the Switch version and yeah. it on Game Pass Day One and stuff like that. Yeah, so they want people to play their baseball. Interesting. Yeah, smart. It's smart. Sports um, games are a really, really widely played outside of like gamers like us. Um, yeah, for sure. I worked, be, at, I worked at a GameStop for a, a long period of time, and there was a, a entire type of gamer that I saw twice, three times a year. They came in and they bought Madden, Call of Duty, and NHL. You know, yep. and it's yep. just those people, those people are out there and they love it and they don't listen to and this FIFA. show. Yeah, yeah, and FIFA. FIFA. 
Gotta get that FIFA. But they don't listen to this, so. Fuck you, Squares. They wouldn't know anything (laughs) about Outer Wilds. (laughs) No, no, no. All right. Chrono Cross comes out tomorrow. I am so excited to talk about this one. Yeah. And also, Colin, don't think I forgot. You're supposed to be playing Chrono Trigger, man. Uh, yeah, I, uh, I've been working on it. It's been a we'll big, get, we'll big get an month, update. though. So. We'll get an update. I yeah. think it'll go hand in hand. It'll be a good conversation to have if I'm playing some Chrono Cross and you're playing some Chrono Trigger. I may or may not be at the exact same spot that I was last month. It's, it's okay. You've got 30 days. It's been a big out. month. Lots of stuff. <laughs> All right. Chrono Cross, the Radical Dreamers edition. It includes the really hard to find little one-off story from like, I think like a in television or CDI or something like that. Yeah, it was something Spin-off. like that. It's got a new coat of paint on it. It's got a remastered soundtrack or rearranged soundtrack with an additional track on it as well. Super exciting. The pseudo sequel to Chrono Trigger. Um, yeah. So excited. The follow to check up. This out. Not a yeah. sequel, but the follow up. 20 bucks. Up. Give it a shot. Give it a shot. Yeah. Uh, on 420, bro, Force Unleashed comes to the Switch. It's a port of the Wii one. We talked about that when we recapped the Nintendo Direct last month. Yeah. Uh, it's a pretty interesting version of the game. I think when people think about the Force Unleashed, a lot of them think about the 360 and PS3 version. This is not that version. This is an upgrade version of the PS2 version that came to the Wii that has a two-player battle mode, has a little bit of motion controls. It'll be cool. I'm going to try it out, and we're going to be able to talk about it. I might check it out. We'll see. Then in between 420 and 429, nothing until Switch Sports. Again, talked about this. I was able to participate in the closed network test and play a couple of the games. This is a day one purchase, a day one stream. No doubt about it. Yeah. That was the closed test. It was super, super fun. It's like, it's what you expect. It's Wii Sports with the extra fixins, with all the modern, with all the modern capabilities of online gaming. It felt so sound. It felt so similar to what I had done, but with a nice fresh coat of paint. Um... Colin, you were right. Correction from last time. You can use either the Miis or these new freaks. So you'll be able to play as, you know. There's nothing more that I like to hear than, Colin, you were right. <laughs> yeah, My yeah, favorite yeah, yeah. phrase. Yes, yes. Favorite. Too good. Um, Too good. Here's a real question. Are you going to be wearing your bowling shoes the night of? You know? No, but I will be wearing the Switch garter strap, garter belt. Oh, yes, the garter. Mm. The bowling shoes sound mandatory. I think so. Did you? A little aside. Did you guys see where Nintendo actually tweeted uh, like a promo for the bowling in this game? And evidently, recently there's been this like uh, bowling porn animation. I saw something about that. Yes. And I was like, "What is going on? Why are all these replies so weird? Like, what what is the meme here?" Um, And evidently, it's like some like rule rule thirty four type thing going on. And I'm like. Poor Nintendo, man. It's 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 internet. Is nobody weird. is nobody is safe. No, no, <laughs> internet is weird. No man. one is safe from the rule. Um, you know what we didn't talk about tonight that I don't even want to talk about. Well, let's do it. Let's do a little segment I just invented. All right. Yeah, let's do it. If you've seen it, I really liked the the, the fingers in the air for if you've heard of these games. Okay. Please be Morbius. Non game related. Give me. A thumbs up, a thumbs down, or no thumb at all if you haven't watched it. Halo TV series. No thumbs. Thumbs down. All right. I haven't watched it. I'm sorry. If you haven't seen it? If you haven't seen it, no thumb. 
no thumb then. All right, Sorry. two no thumbs. Listen, I'm giving it a thumbs up. It's kind of shitty, but it's like free on YouTube, so go check it How out. How many times have they said John? I don't remember. I don't remember anything that happened in the first episode. I just remember not being that annoyed by it. <laughs> so that works okay. for me. Uh, Moon Knight. Moon Knight episode one. Thumbs up, thumbs down. Thumbs um, up. I have not watched it, but it's not because I don't want to. I just normally wait till there's like three or four episodes out before I watch these things. So it was fantastically up. weird. Go watch it. Yeah, I, it was. I, I'm, it was I'm weird. Excited to watch it. And it was super, super fun. Really good to watch. Yeah, I'm um, excited. The Oscars. Thumbs up or thumbs down? Does the slap count? <laughs> Who cares? I watch down. the slap a lot of times. <laughs> big, big thumbs down on that. All right, that wraps up. Uh, hold on, hold on. Morbius, thumbs up or thumbs down? No thumbs. No thumbs allowed for Morbius. We don't pay money. For that. <laughs> <laughs> quick, quick, quick side story actually um i was in a thing today and i was talking to some of my classmates and they're like oh my god have you it, this was a girl i'm sorry i should have prefaced that oh my god have you seen morbius and i'm like um they, she literally said if you like vampire diaries you'll like morbius because it's got vampires and romance and everything and it's like a marvel movie but it's not like where you have to watch the other marvel movies and it was so good and it was like one of the best movies i've seen Jesus. and i'm just sitting there like uh, i need to leave this place it's cringed at you comparing a marvel movie to vampire diaries oh my <laughs> yeah, that's exactly sure. what she said and i was like no please please stop talking and she's like yeah it's supposed to be a spider-man villain or something like that and i'm like yeah but don't don't think about spider-man yeah. when you think of morbius because that no. just ruins spider-man i got one left obi-wan trailer oh. i think i saw it i think i saw the yeah, most recent one we'll take we'll take a up, questionable thumbs up so that's four thumbs <laughs> for all of you at home all right freight train Thank you so much for joining us. Wait, let me let me yes. take a second to thank Freight Train. Freight Train is an internet stranger who I've never met in real life, but has been so fun to have around. He streams, I stream, we pop into each other's stuff. Colin introduced me. Super awesome having you here as our first guest. We're obviously just getting this thing off the ground. It's a it's a marathon, not a race. You've been on in here for almost three hours with us, hanging out, tech testing, and getting this stuff done perfect perfect first guest added a lot of value to the show and first and foremost appreciate your time second appreciate those hot takes good yeah. stuff man you got to come back um, and uh, join us again you can actually yeah absolutely i'm sorry i cut you off. i cut you off in your your this thanks, is thank your you thank speech. you speech i'm sorry <laughs> um well I, okay i'm just gonna keep going because i've already ruined it but um we met freight train because of my number two game of the year last year the forgotten city i was streaming it and he popped in oh, and downhill from there but um yeah freight train's great um freight train what are uh give us your socials where where should people find you at yeah, uh, so twitch.tv uh, slash freight train 16, F R A T E uh, train. Um, also on Twitter, same same thing, freight train 16. Um, and that's it. I don't have a YouTube or anything as of yet. Nice. So, Hell yeah. Nice. Work in progress. Work in progress. It. It's always a work in progress. Show some uh, love Jake, to freight train. What? Yes. Where do they find you? Jake, Jake twitching, what? Jake twitching, like twitching, but with no G, no uh, G fucking everywhere except TikTok. But probably honestly, 
TikTok coming soon. I don't know. I got to play the game. TikTok's great. It's easy to just drop clips in there and let them be. Um, yes, it feels so easy. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, you can find me, Colleen, K-A-U-L-I-N-E underscore on Twitch or K-A-U-L-I-N-E elsewhere, like Twitter, uh, TikTok, or YouTube, specifically YouTube. Check out my YouTube. This is where, if you're watching us on YouTube, we have an audio format of this on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, anywhere you can get your podcast, pretty much, except for the ones where you can't get it. Just let me know, so I'll put it on there. There's like a million podcast apps, by the way. For sure. And listen, I, I think I, I've done us a disservice underplaying how many people access this thing whether they've been watching us live or watching it on youtube or listening to it yeah. via uh podcast apps because listen gameless got a little bit of traction and it's pretty nice yeah. it's starting to starting to get some listeners in here so we appreciate you if you've spent any time with us if there's anything that you can do for us if you're listening to this if you're absorbing us if this is blessing your ears or eyes in any way do us a favor and just go find us somewhere else too just do one other yeah. thing for us, whether that's follow Freight Train or follow Colin or download the audio version in addition to the YouTube version you just watched or tune yeah. into one of our streams or leave a comment. Anything that you can do helps us grow and it makes a huge, huge difference, especially when our numbers are, you know, truly in the dozens. But I think last month I was referring to it like there was three people that are listening. And to be honest, <laughs> it's fucking more than that. And yeah. That's so dope. Yeah, we, we appreciate all you guys. And, you know, this is just a little startup, but we're enjoying ourselves. We hope you guys enjoy listening. Um, because of viewers like you, we oh, get Jesus to do this Christ. podcast. All right. Um, Freight Train, thanks again for joining us. Yeah. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. That's gameless, right. baby. Bye. Wait, when do I do my signature? Bye. You have a bye? Bye. Bye. That's what I do. <laughs> Good luck finding a place to cut that. Bye. Yeah.